Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 226, The Transporter from 2002. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode's brought to you by Brothers Auto Transport. At Brothers Auto Transport, they value their professionals and have structured their compensation plan to prove it. So if you want to join their winning team, shout out to Brothers Auto Transport. Well, shout out to Brothers Auto Transport. Sorry to Orangina. They did not make the sponsor cut, but I knew that Brothers Auto Transport would get the nod <laughs> You actually today. found this, yeah. I sure did. But, you know, after the break, we'll be joined by the resident historian Mike Manzi to talk about the transporter. So here's an important thing, and I'll mention this maybe in the back half. I was looking. So this one, the transporter. Okay. But the next two, they drop the. It's just like Facebook. It's no longer the Facebook. It's no longer the transporter. It's just transporter two, transporter three. So I'm going to be that very makes careful. That just though. That kind of guess. It, the mouthfeel feels good in that sense, right? It's like yeah. the transporter and then transporter two. It's not like the transporter two. I think it works better. It's cleaner. It is cleaner. Just like drop the. No exactly. more the Facebook, just Facebook. But Joe, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we last spoke? The Oscar movies have come out, the nominations, and you know that Rachel and I watch, uh, try to watch all of those every year, at least the best yep. picture noms before mm-hmm. the Oscars. They. The Oscars aren't until like the end of March this year, though, so we actually have a lot of time. That does feel weird, right? Doesn't it? Isn't it usually the end of February? I think every year you're like, wow, we got a lot of time for the Oscars. And I'm like, I think it's always like this. So I think okay. this is a, it's an annual tradition. You saying, wow, we have a lot of time. And <laughs> yeah. you saying, I don't think so. But I think yes. But yes. Okay. So maybe it's a recurring thing. So anyways, we went to go see three movies um, from the best. So you're picture. up to four because we talked last time you had only seen Dune, right? So now you're up to four. Yeah. Oh, right. I forgot. I forgot that I was teased. There's a big story here. Okay. I forgot. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we went to go see Licorice Pizza. Pretty good. I liked it. Rachel was like, meh. She, she was like, it's a movie. Yeah, we talked about that last week, I think. Cool. We go see Nightmare Alley, okay? Correct. And we were going to go Thursday night and Friday night, okay? Even though that is now on Hulu for anybody who wants to watch it, and HBO Max. But you yes. have to see them in theaters, but it is available to legally stream at home on two pretty yep. accessible, popular platforms exactly so but i was like you know what like it's in the theater i try to see as many in theaters as i can so i buy the tickets go to see the movie sit through i was like oh man that was a pretty good movie i i you know i liked it we come out of the theater and rachel goes wow that's so weird that all the trailers were in color but the movie was in black and white that's like a really interesting choice i don't know why they ever did that and I was like, yeah, I well, I didn't see any trailers or even know who was in the movie, so like, I had no idea. So I was like, I oh, don't you know. mean trailers for the movie, not trailers before the movie? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, the trailers for the movie were in color, yes. but the movie was in black and white. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, like I, dude, I had you know whatever. So like, I'm thinking about it, and like the next day I go to work, and like I go back and look at my tickets, and I definitely bought tickets to go see Nightmare Alley: A Vision of Darkness and Light. Yep, that is the black and white version of yep. it. Yes, but and I had no idea because I didn't know what the actual title of the movie was and that this was like a special edition black and white showing. So I was like, oh, man, I'm an idiot. It, like, it was great in black and white, right? Like, the movie. Well, great. yeah, I think we talked about that on this show before, too, right? Like, about watching Parasite in black and white and everything. Like, there's movies like that that sort of... I like Nightmare Alley. I didn't love Nightmare Alley, but I think I would actually maybe like it more in black and white, to be honest. And it really fits the theme. Like, the movie's set in the, what, the 40s or 50s, or right? So it, like... It fit really, really well. It worked, mm-hmm. right? And it's like a high contrast movie. So it's it, a remake. It's a remake of a movie that came out in forty seven, I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
So we do that. We see it. We're like, okay, that was cool. I realize I'm an idiot. So Friday night, we're going to see Belfast, okay? Okay, I see where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) I think I knew you were probably going to get there before it happened. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're going to see Belfast. I print the tickets because, like, you know, I have the thing on my phone. So, like, just scan in, get the tickets. I hand one to Rachel. She's like, you didn't buy tickets to the Color Extravaganza version by accident, did you? I said, no, there was only one showing. Uh, This was just called Belfast. Uh, we're you know we're we're seeing it and she's like because it's definitely in black and white i know it is from the pictures i was like okay. there's a better joke that she missed bell furious but go ahead <laughs> okay so we go we sit down in the theater and i think you know exactly how this goes the movie starts out with an overshot of overshot view of belfast in color yep. and we're like what the fuck is happening and it yep. was just because we saw those two movies in that situation back to back that mm-hmm. was hysterical so we start dying in the beginning of belfast we're just cackling in the back of the theater then we watched belfast and we like mildly talked to you about it and it was it was a movie and so um that's where we are but that's my fun time I accidentally bought black and white tickets, and then a black and white movie starts out in color as we're making jokes that I fucked it up again. That's good. I like that. That's very good. I thought I thought you would. That's why I've been trying to save it for, you know, since Friday. Yeah. So we did that. We've been watching. Oh, you know what else? Love is Blind Season 2 came back, and we okay. blew through that. This show is one of my favorite reality TV shows. Do you know the premise oh, of it? So I, I somewhat know the premise because, so Who Weekly, which I've talked about on here before, there was a listener to that that won Jeopardy like three nights in a row. And one night that she won Jeopardy, a category was all about reality TV shows. And so she like crushed the category because oh. like if you listen to a gossip podcast like, yes. and they talk about Love is Blind and Love Island and all those, like they talk about them, you know, sporadically, whatever, whenever there's a new season out. So yeah. it's just funny that someone in this community, it's like, you know, it's like if a listener of this show was on Jeopardy and there was a, a there's a Fast and Furious category, a, like Vin Diesel movies or a Fast and Furious category, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's like, yeah, I think I'm going to do well here because like this is exactly in my wheelhouse, right? So <laughs> exactly. I know somewhat about Love is Blind, but go ahead. Yeah. So like the new season starts out and they just like, they have to talk through a wall. They can't see each other. Right. And these people are just horrible. <laughs> like, they're so annoying, all of them. And they're, uh, some of them are really big morons. It totally doesn't work, right? Because these people, like, come out and then they see each other. And they're either like, oh, you're really ugly. Or, like, like you know, like, there's somebody that's out of their league, right? Like, there's right. a stretch there. So it often doesn't doesn't work and this season just seems like it's complete chaos so we blew through that um we watched one of the new episodes of righteous gemstones and we're caught up on after party which is still awesome so yeah yeah that's what we've been up to i've also been doing the oscar catch-up i had seen seven okay when they got announced so now i'm up to nine i have one left which is don't look up did you guys watch don't look up or no no i i know it's on netflix we haven't watched it yet i keep First of all, I keep starting it when we're drinking, and I'm like, okay, pause. Like, I, I don't have the attention span for this. But also, like, I, I would prefer to see it in a theater if I could. So, like, Well, I'm some hoping... theaters are showing the Netflix movies. Exactly. So that I'm hoping that usually, like, if I keep waiting, like, in knowing that it's on Netflix, like, if I keep waiting, like, worst case, I can watch it, like, the week before the Oscars, knowing we have till the yeah. 27th. I'll wait to see if it pops up in a theater because there's like a couple around me that like will play the Oscar movies like as we get closer, right? So right, like that—that's the good thing. So like, Don't Look Up is on Netflix, Nightmare Alley on HBO and Hulu. King Richard was on HBO Max for a month. Uh, Coda's on Apple. Okay. 
I think the other ones, and they, uh, most of the other ones are rentable. They might not be streamable for free, but like they're they're mostly out there, or you can see most of them in theaters because like they're either still in theaters or going back to theaters, like one showing a day or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah. The, and yeah. I usually catch those, or like you can get it on a Saturday. There's like this really cool little theater near me that is like it, you could see that it used to be two screens, and they just like put a wall down the middle, and they still oh. like and yeah okay. yeah. So now it's like four screens, and they um. They line up all the movies, so I think they all start at the same time, and you get, like, actual popcorn that they, like, pop in the popcorn machine, and you can buy scoops of candy still. That's cool. I like that a lot. That's really yeah, it's cool. like a really old-timey theater that, like, they haven't updated since, you know, the 70s or 80s or whatever. Yeah. So, the two that I watched in the last week, I watched Coda, which I loved, and you I watched You said you were going to love that when we talked about it, when yeah. we, like, talked about it from the beginning, yeah. It's kind of predictable in a way that's also a remake which i did not know it's a remake of a french movie about a deaf family with a hearing child like i i like down the stretch i was just like crying like it's just like it's so it's 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 just like it's corny and like not corny but it's like it's predictable and like heart yeah heartwarming and like everything so i love that and then i saw king richard the will smith venus williams serena williams movie which is really good but also kind of it's a biopic like you know exactly what it's kind of going to be and he's good in it but you know it's good but I also watched a handful of new release movies, 2022 movies. Ooh. I watched Kimi, K-I-M-I, which is a new Steven Soderbergh movie on HBO Max, cool. which How was, was it? very, very good. Um, it's very short. It's like under 90 minutes. It's about, it's basically uh, Zoe Kravitz plays someone who essentially works for A-L-E-X-A voice services, but for this company called Kimi, and she hears what she thinks is a crime. So it's kind of like Rear Window in a way, Disturbia Ooh. in a way, but like she's trying to figure this out. It's also a pandemic movie, so she like doesn't really want to go out of her or whatever. So like it's it's really really good. I like that a lot. Then I went to the theater and I saw Jackass Forever, which was amazing, very very funny. Really, uh, everybody loves it. This doesn't seem like this is up your wheelhouse at all. No, it's it's very good. It's very fun. Uh, seeing it with a crowd is good. Seeing it with a couple of and I don't I don't know if this is pejorative, but it also kind of fits like rednecks in the front who were like talking to the screen and farting during the movie and also fighting with each other during the movie. I'm like, that's not great. Like, but the movie was very fun. That feels like that. That's the target. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I grew up on Jackass. Like, I'm not slighting it because like we fucking loved it. Like all that shit. Yeah. It, okay. Cool. I'm glad that you. I saw the first it, movie and I saw this one. I did not see two or three, and I've not seen the TV show. But oh, like, God, we used to watch. I used to watch a TV show every week, just like just waiting for them to do it. It was so awesome. This was really good though. I like this a lot. There's new people, like there's celebrities, and there's people who are like have been inspired. Like Eric Andre's in it a little bit. They also like really went out of their way to diversify the cast. Like there's people of color. There's even female jackasses. I guess if that's the noun that they use or whatever. But yeah. like, okay, it's cool. Cool. Uh, then Bob came up on Saturday to do a How to Win the Lottery, and we went to see the we went to see Moonfall in theaters, the new Roland Emmerich movie where the moon is about to fall. Have you seen oh, trailers for this? No, no. I mean, not that I remember because I think it was I think I saw some during the Super Bowl, but I also wasn't paying attention. Go ahead. Roland Emmerich is the guy who did like Independence Day in 2012 and The Day After Tomorrow. It's just like okay, all these so, disaster movies, and yeah. like it's just like that. And it's it's both as dumb as you want it to be and not dumb enough but there are some lines in it you're like that's kind of what i came for like bob <laughs> and i were kind of laughing in the theater and like i felt bad because like if, if people are taking it seriously like i don't want to i don't want to like laugh at a thing that other people are like genuinely enjoying but like it's so dumb that i couldn't it's corny yeah i could not laugh yeah some of it's fun some of it, it's it's too long because it's over two hours but you know watch it eventually i would say don't pay for moonfall but like if you like those kind of movies worth seeing yeah it'd be it'd be a fun night 
nighttime, just turn your brain yes, off kind of situation. Exactly. Yeah. Then since this past weekend was Valentine's Day weekend, they had a couple new rom-coms come out. I saw I Want You Back, which is on Amazon Prime. This is with uh, Jenny Slate and Charlie Day. Oh, yeah. How was that? That one actually could very, look like very it, good. It looked like it's it could be good. pretty funny. Yeah. I really, I really like that one a lot. I recommend that. I like. I also liked "Marry Me," the J Lo Owen Wilson you did? one, but that's because it looks he, awful. He's good in it. I like her a lot. It's, it's that's definitely worse. If you watch one of them, watch "I Want You Back." Yeah. "Marry Me" is much more in the traditional kind of like old timey rom com. But yes, yeah, "I Want You Back" is definitely. It's funnier. It's better. It's more original. I mean, they both like you know how it's going to end because like it's not like these are really like you know setting the world on like they're not yeah. trying to break new ground. But like I want yeah. you back is really fun. Okay, good. I, and you know I love Jenny Slate a lot. So yes, uh, yeah. And also when I want you back, like it's a whole like big cast. Like uh, little nobody Scott Eastwood is her ex who dumps her. Okay. Uh, Gina Rodriguez, who is from like you know Jane the Virgin and also Annihilation, she is Charlie Day's ex. There's also Manny Jacinto from The Good Place. There's Dylan Galula, who's an actress I love. So, like, it's a good cast. And I really liked I Want You Back. And it's on Prime, which is good. Cool. And then the last movie I watched, because all, basically all I've been doing is, like, we're doing the movie catch-up, is I went to the theaters last night to see Death on the Nile with our girl Gal Gadot. Oh, yeah. That that one looks fun, too. It's It looks fun. It's okay. It's, okay. it's again, kind of long. It starts out. So did you, did you guys watch Murder on the Orient Express, the first one of these? No. So Kenneth Branagh, who is the star of these movies, but also so he directed Belfast. Yes. But he also directed, written, wrote and directed Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile, which are ba- both based on Agatha Christie novels. Okay. This one starts with, and so like the, his character Poirot, like the detective, has a very very big mustache. Like you've probably even seen it or whatever. Like he just got this crazy mustache. Oh yeah. And yeah. this movie, no joke, starts with a ten minute black and white sequence of him at war getting scarred and the origin story of the mustache. And it's like, this is really how you're going to start this movie with a 10-minute sequence about, like, why this guy has a mustache? Like, it's like, okay, interesting. All right. I, is that I, pivotal to the story, I guess? No, not at all. It's <laughs> That's just, what I I'm guess, saying. Yeah. It's people who like Poirot, I guess. I don't know. What's interesting somewhat about this is that this movie has a cast filled with canceled people like gal gadot has gotten in trouble for speaking out about israel army oh. hammer obviously in here oh, there's a couple fuck. other people who are in here that are just like like there's three or four just like oh you're all in the same movie okay interesting <laughs> like you all got sent to go die on the nile <laughs> oh Letitia wright who is shuri in black panther has been sort of vocally oh, that's right. anti-vax yes 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 that's right i know her yep mm-hmm. so <laughs> but gal's good in it emma mackey who is do you guys watch, have you seen Sex Education on Netflix? No, we haven't. So it's a high school show, which is good, but she plays like the female lead. Like it's her and Asa Butterfield are like these kids in high school, like running this like sex advice or whatever kind of shop, essentially. Okay. And I've never seen her. I think she was sort of new, but she was great on that show. And she's also good in this too. So cool. again, I would not, I would not pay to see Death on the Nile, but if you stumble, want to see it. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good week. And we got holiday weekend coming up, which is nice. So holiday weekend, really? What is it? Martin President's Luther King? Day. Oh yeah, Martin Luther King is January, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Now we are celebrating in Black History Month. We're celebrating our white forefathers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's that's why I was. That's why I switch it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the nice thing sense. about like managing my company's calendar. I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to schedule anything on Friday or Monday. I'm just going to give us all the weekend off. Like, if we need to do stuff, we work or whatever. But I'm just like, no, we're just not going to. Take We're meetings. not doing anything. Yeah. Put, mm-hmm. You put all the, you do the Parks and Rec, put all the meetings on the 31st of March or whatever. Oh, there actually is the 31st of March. 
That's the joke. Didn't you ever see Parks and Rec? I did, but I don't remember this. Aubrey Plaza scheduled all of his meetings for like one day that she didn't think existed. Oh, okay, okay. So he okay. has to do every meeting for his whole year on 31st of March because there is a 31st of March and she didn't know that there was one. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I think it's March. I I, it might be a different month. Like, okay. Yeah. No, I'm better. I'm better at my job than Aubrey Plaza was. Yes. Than, what was her name on that show? <sighs> April Ludgate. Jesus. April. That's right. April. And then there was, yeah, Janet Sneakle, I remember, is her upper, you know, basically character who would be in Death on the Nile, right? Her, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. upper class, high yeah. society type of person. Yeah. yeah yes, yes, yes. Well, we have a Patreon page here on for the show, too fast, too forever.com. Okay, now with Nate here, I gotta... Okay, practice. Get my lungs. Practice, yeah. Shout out to... Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, West Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sports, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Montez. Thank you all for supporting us the $5 a month level or above this lap coming to a and ends sort of soon. So if you want to get in, if you want to know next lap's theme, if you want to pick movies for next lap, True. too fast, too forever.com, please and thank you. We also have an email address, family at cageclub.me. We have three emails today. Okay. First up from Alex Elliman, subject line, we're the only ones who are going this deep on these movies. Okay, <laughs> that's very, very true. So these are all three emails today are from patrons who I think might have been responding to our most recent episode about Furious 7 that we did with Brian. I think. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll find out. We also put out a Patreon bonus episode about Friday Night Lights, so it might be about that. I don't remember. But they're all from patrons. So here okay. we go. Alex says, gentlemen, I'm currently driving all over Northeast Ohio looking at houses. Ooh, very exciting. Yeah. And I had a thought when it was suggested Tiffany Haddish play No Knees Denise. What if Diggle? Who's Diggle? I have no idea. What if Diggle is married to Denise, and at the end of 10 or 11 at the barbecue, we get the payoff of Roman and Denise recognizing each other? That'd be sweet. Who's Diggle? I don't know. Hold on, I'm going to message Alex. Also, Joe, do you know what a Pittsburgh potty is? I know what, because I, I actually have one, but do you know what a Pittsburgh potty is? I 1,000% know what a Pittsburgh potty is, and I'm, I'm sure that if he's searching for housing over in Ohio, they have uh, made their way along along the road to Ohio to be there. And yes, that is for anybody else that doesn't know, it's a toilet in your basement that usually is not even covered. Uh, just like, you know, just random toilet in the basement. You know, it's said to have started because in Pittsburgh, the steel workers would come home and their wives would just uh, make them come in through the basement. And mm -hmm. actually there's usually a shower too, like yeah. a really shitty shower. And you would just, like, rinse off the, like, the steel mill soot and nasty shit because it stinks off of you there. And then you could come upstairs for, like, dinner and stuff. So that's what that's the origins of the Pittsburgh potty. But, yes. That I've heard that, and I've also heard when the people were building the house, it was a toilet for them to use. Which oh, I guess is sort of similar. It's just, like, we don't want you dirty person who's, like, a, a blue-collar worker using the real toilet. Yeah. Whether you're coming back from the steel mill or building this house. So please use this one. So I have one, but, like, the weird thing about it, and I was talking to somebody about it recently. I think, I don't remember who it was, but somebody was talking. You whatever. don't have an entrance to your basement. No. Yeah. It's just, like, there's no, it, it's weird. It's, like, okay. But, like, I literally have a toilet on, like, a raised cement slab 
between pieces of plywood. It's just like, yeah, it's not like a, it's a toilet, but it's like not like a bathroom, right? So yeah, like if like if you have overflow, you have people there for Thanksgiving or something. Like you can yes. use this toilet. It's definitely functional, but yeah. for the most part, like you're not gonna be like, oh yeah, go take a shit downstairs, you know, to right. like somebody. But you can. Alex got back to me. It is Dinkley. So what if Dinkley is married to Denise? And at the end of ten or eleventh barbecue, we get the payoff of Roman and Denise recognizing each other. So Dinkley and oh, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay, okay, cool. That yeah, I like that a lot. That would be really yeah, like a final joke. Be like Denise, and then the movie just ends. It cuts there, and no one cares except for us. We're like, oh my god, they did it. They at that point they've had to have been listening to us. You know, we've said this before, but if Dinkley. If, if Denise shows back up in these movies for any reason. As we know from Google Images, if you search No Niece Denise, we come up first, right? So, like, yeah. we're the few, the proud, so. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Alex. Next email from Justin. Subject line, Friday Night Lights and a hot take. Oh, I read part of this email, and I'm like, mm, I do not approve of this, but we'll get to it. Okay. I'm excited you're covering Friday Night Lights, which we did the movie that's out now on the Patreon, if you want to hear us talk about it. Also, by the way, Pledge Drive... Let's not forget Brian's promise for a pledge drive. Oh, yes, that's true. I Sign forgot. up for Patreon, $5 tier five dollar tier or above, and I will mail you a signed DVD of any of the Fast and Furious movies. Signed by you, not signed, signed by me. Yeah, <laughs> not signed by anybody that's in the movies. Correct. But just autographed by you. Okay. I, I'm sure we could get, if you do six, we could probably get Mariah Doty Trevino, who has the cover quote. Maybe we, we get her to sign it, but that, that's that's going above and beyond. If you go to the $10 a month, we'll get that. We'll hook that up. But $5 a month, <laughs> any of the 10 movies on DVD used, signed by me. <laughs> it's amazing. So if you if you want the Patreon bonus episodes and also that $5 a month, too fast. Didn't too he Trevor. have an end date for it, though? It has to be before. End of the month, yes. End of February, okay. So this episode comes out, like, the 22nd, so you have until, like, the next week. I will also, you know, we'll have a little bit of buffer, but, like, it's it's basically a hard and fast, like, join now, forever hold your peace. Yeah, exactly. If you were thinking about it, mm-hmm. now's your time to get your free autographed Joey DVD copy of a yeah. Fast and the Furious movie. You get to pick the color Sharpie that I signed it in. Oh, that's fun. Do you have a whole, like, array of them? Yeah, I got oh, a bunch. Oh, that's cool. Nice. And you said, you asked about gel pens last time. I'm like, I don't have those. But I have Sharpies, so we can do any char- any Sharpie, any color. Perfect. Justin says, I've never been much of a football fan, but it's a great movie with an amazing... I mean, you're in Minnesota. I understand why you're not a football <laughs> fan. Not a lot of good football to watch up there. <laughs> Coming from a Vikings fan, it was a perfect joke. I love that. That's why it. I'm allowed to say it. Exactly. Some of my best friends are Vikings fans. That's not true. I don't know anybody. I don't know any Vikings fans. But it's a great movie with an amazing soundtrack by Explosions in the Sky. After watching the movie back in the early 2000s, I went out and bought the Explosions in the Sky album, The Earth is Not a Cold, Dead Place. To this day, it's still my favorite record of all time. I even framed it and hung it on the wall in my music room. I've seen them live a few times, and it's an amazing experience every time. That's really cool. Wow. Very, very cool. Yeah. On the subject of music, here's my hot take. And Joe, I want you to get ready. Okay. Prince is way overrated. Prince? Terrible synthesizers, meandering guitar solos, and outside of Raspberry Beret, there's nary a hook to be found. Just because you write a lot of songs doesn't mean they should all be released. This goes for you too, Bob Dylan. Oh, whoa. Those are some hot takes. I love Prince. I'm a big, I mean, like, now I'm not, like, Prince's biggest fan. I, I wouldn't, I would have gone. You're not vacationing s- at Paisley Park. Yeah, Exactly. 
But I would have gone to see Prince if I had sure. the opportunity to. I think that Prince is awesome, and I like a lot of his songs. He made a lot of hits, man. It's hard to argue when like somebody has like hits in two decades. Sure. I get that maybe volume. He's a volume shooter. That's fine. I understand that. But like, it's not like it's not like it's bad, right? No. Yeah. I also I think I've said it on here before, but the best halftime show I've ever been to was at the Vikings home opener, combining the two because Prince also from Minneapolis, ah. and they had a gospel choir do like three or four of his songs, and it was Fuck just it yeah. was amazing. So Fuck yeah. yeah, that sounds incredible. That will be really great. awesome. And by all accounts, Prince was like the dopest dude ever. Yeah. Like a super just like charitable, humble, nice guy. So yeah, he was also on New Girl as Prince. They threw a party at Prince's house, and he was there. So if you want to see that, also oh, that's that. cool. Nice. Justin says, I've given this a lot of thought, and I've tried at various times to get into him, but I always reach the same conclusion. Perhaps it's because I came of age musically in the mid to late 90s when he was no longer relevant, but yet not yet to the point of cool retrospectively. Probably goes without uh-huh. saying that this take is too hot for most people around here, Minneapolis to handle, Yeah, but I stand by my convictions. You also have to factor in that this is like, this, in a very similar note, like, Steelers fans are insufferable in Pittsburgh. Con, oh. I was going to say, confirm. Anywhere. <laughs> Anywhere, but especially in Pittsburgh. So I have a lot of friends that are like, I just hate the Steelers because I can't stand their fans that were born and raised in Pittsburgh because it's just like, it's everywhere, right? So um, maybe it's a little bit of that too, Justin, because you're in Minnesota. Like, you're just you're just in the thick of it. It's just too much. If you're like, oh, there's a new, like, I remember, like, not, buy, well, did I buy or was it like in the era of streaming? But I remember being like, oh, like, Prince has a new album out this weekend. It's just like, I, you don't want that. But, like, I don't know how you can argue against, like, and again, it's not a music podcast. I'm not really good in the music. I'm not, I'm not smart about music. That's not my bag. But I don't know how you argue against, like, Purple Rain or yeah. 1999 or, like, there's, like, a handful Little of Little Red Corvette. Like- Strawberry Beret is a fucking banger, though. I'm glad that he admitted at least that one. It's yeah. like, that's such a good song. Can you buy at a secondhand store? And our final email from Jerry, subject line 49ers. What's up, Jerry? How are you doing? So this is is in response to us talking about what the fuck are the Niners? Yeah, what the fuck are they going to do? My bad if I didn't pick a side about Jimmy G. With with his accolades, I'd say keep him for the end of his contract. He has one more year left and prepare Trey because personally, Trey isn't ready yet to take over. Just still a raw recruit. Even Joe Montana said so. That's what it seems like. But then Jimmy Garoppolo came out and said bye to Niners fans last week. So... He says, I actually wanted Wilson, Zach Wilson, with all those picks we gave up or would have been fine with Jones, the original pick. Okay, so yes, because that was the whole controversy. And this is what I told you that like, yes, yeah, we've got. Yeah, it seemed like you guys wanted Zach Wilson. And then it seemed like you definitely were going to get Mac Jones. And then the fan base just shamed them into taking Trey Lance. You're right. Jimmy is a winner wherever he goes. If he brings that team to the playoffs, I'm calling him now. People are going to regret saying get rid of Jimmy. Yeah. I think so. He says, got to get back to packing tomorrow the 12th, which would have been Saturday. Yeah. I'm taking Ileana to Monterey for Valentine's Day weekend. And oh, I, I saw the pictures. A day spa for my gift to her. Be fast, never last, don't get past, or you'll lose that ass. No, Monica, I swear you guys should get a sound bite of that line. <laughs> Where did he send pictures to? Uh, the... He posted pictures on his Facebook of him in... Um, oh, gotcha. Okay, of him cool, and cool, Ileana cool. in Monterey, which I, I'm a big fan of Monterey. I've taken Rachel there before. As well, I think it's one of the coolest places in California, and it's, like, top-tier, like, vacation weekend date spot. So, good job. Excellent choice. I approve. Yeah, I also, I, I've been playing a little bit more Pokemon on Switch. Not the new one, but I've been playing the other ones to get up to the new one, and so I was talking to Jerry a little bit about that. Oh, I cool. found... Do you know, do you know about Shiny Pokemon? There's no reason for you to know this, but do you know about Shiny Pokemon? I have heard it in, like, 
there's just like ones that are more rare than others when yes. you catch them. Yes. It's one in like 8,000, I think. And like, if you watch Pokemon people on Twitch, they're basically all shiny hunters because like there are ways to like increase your odds. That's basically a Pokemon with certain values, which I don't care about, but they have like they're just colored differently. So like, yeah, they, it of, doesn't, like, it's not like different attributes. It's just like you just have like a rare colored one, right? Like, yes, correct. Okay. There are, it's specific. There's a specific value, like specific attributes, but I don't know I, that it's beyond me. I don't care. I don't play it for that reason, whatever. But I was just playing this new one and like not shiny hunting. And within an hour of picking the game back up, I found a shiny for the first time in the game. I was like, oh, cool. So I sent a screenshot to Jerry. I'm just like, hey, look at this. He's like, oh, I haven't even caught one yet. So wow, cool. that yeah. is really cool. Okay, very very cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So there has to be some kind of like, I mean, when we were in Japan, overnight parts from Japan. They had R34 cards. Do you remember this? Like for your DS, no, that no. was the last time I played Pokemon, and it was it was whatever ones were out in like oh seven, oh eight, oh nine, like that, like that era. You would have these cards that they sold in Japan, where but were completely illegal. That you would be able to like put a micro SD card in, and you could put games on the micro SD card. Okay. And then you'd put it in your Nintendo DS, and like it was just like a DS cartridge, but like it would have all these things that you could do. Like so, when you'd boot Pokemon, you could be like, oh, only give me. Like level a thousand, whatever. Right, 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 right. You know, and you yep. know, it was like Game Shark back in the day, kind of. You could do that. Gotcha. Stuff. That was the last time I played, and like every time you would like a Pokemon would attack, you would get like forty million XP or whatever. So like you would go up like six levels every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like the perfect way for me to play it. I played it in like <laughs> three hours. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no grind to it. You're just like doom, 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 doom. You go through a story. I remember, I still remember, I think, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if I'll ever forget, because I was just like, why are you, but I remember, like, when Pokemon Red and Blue came out, I remember seeing a kid on the bus play, and he had a level 52 Blastoise by the second gym, and I'm like, it must have taken, like, 30 hours, like, why are you, he's like, oh, the rest of the game's gonna be easy, I'm like, yeah, but you, you could have beaten the game already, like, what are you doing, like, <laughs> why are you doing this? Kids, man, you, if, if you, you have 30 understand. hours when you're nine years old i understand but like there are other ways to spend those 30 hours even if you just want to play poke i don't know whatever i bet that that wasn't like his first time playing through the game he probably just had reset it and started doing that it wasn't like because that's something he must have like thought about and learned right like he didn't just decide to not play the game and just like grind up for 30 hours one would think i have no idea I don't know. So second time through, he spent 30 hours at the beginning to make yeah. sure he's the e it's easier going forward. Joe, on the street, that's uh, all the emails. Family at cageclub.me if you want to email in. It was a good set. Thank yeah. you all for writing and for supporting. Family at cageclub.me if you want to email and we'll read on the next show. Yep. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Have you seen anything in the last week about the Fast and Furious? No, not even about people adjacent to the Fast and the Furious. Oh, The Rock was in the Super Bowl. The, the Rock was go. in the Super Bowl. Yes. That's what and I saw. I loved it because it's The Rock, and yes. it seemed like Twitter was just like, why is this happening? I'm like, well, you know, why Why rock. isn't it happening? Right? <laughs> it's in L.A. Like, come on, what did you think they it's were It's in L.A., it's on NBC, deal with it. Yeah. So speaking of that, here's a, okay, so here's a question. Young Rock Season 2, starting March 15th. So as we're recording, just about one month from today. Okay. But starting next week, which is this week as this episode comes out, I think on Mondays, I told you about this, there's the new show called The End Game which is a weekly show on yes. NBC starring Marina Baccarin, but of note because it's directed by and executive produced by Justin Lin. Yes, you told me about this, yep. Here is my question to you, and also to the listeners. I also I do want to hear what they have to think. 
I don't want to do both the Endgame and Young Rock on a weekly basis at the same time, because I don't want to be like, hey, so here we're doing the movie, and we also have this show, and we also have this show. Like, that seems like a lot. Do we do the Endgame first and then Young Rock after? Or do we do just, do we wait on the Endgame after we're done with the Young Rock? Like, what are you thinking? Or do we start the Endgame, see if we like it, and then do Young Rock? Like, how do you want to handle two shows on NBC that are both sort of related to the Fastiverse? I think Young Rock is a mainstay for sure. I think that we should do Endgame. Um, we should definitely start it. Okay. See how it goes. And I also think maybe we could just like alternate them. Okay. Because I think there will be like four episodes maybe before there's any Young Rock. So like we can probably get like halfway or a third of the way through the season. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So starting next episode, we will be watching the first episode of the Endgame. So it's available now to stream on NBC maybe on Peacock, on Hulu, wherever you watch NBC, The Endgame starring Miranda Baccarin, who is from Firefly and probably yeah. other stuff. Oh, she, I think she was in V, maybe the TV show, but she was, I know her from Firefly. Uh, so we'll start with The Endgame and then we'll either continue it or figure it out when Young Rock starts in a month. But The Endgame, tune in if you want or don't. I don't know how involved Justin Lin is, but like his name is tied to it and it's a, it looks cool. So we'll give it a shot. Yeah, and, and like even if we're like, oh, that was a cool episode. Like, did you see this thing that was definitely Justin Lin doing it? It doesn't yeah. need to be super long. Where like Young Rock, like you know, for sure. So cool. Speaking of Young Rock, is Dwayne Johnson in F10? The answer still no. I was thinking, how cool would it have been on an NBC broadcast of the Super Bowl? We'll be like, by the way, didn't somebody F10. tweet us that? I think somebody tweeted us that, right? I tweeted that. Okay, you tweeted. That. <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. And he did not. He did not mention the Vassiverse, which, you know, I, I understand, but also... What if he cool. would have been, like, starting it, and then, like, Vin would have walked out? Yeah. High five. Like, why, is, why is this happening? Be like, oh, my God. That everybody would have just turned off their TVs. We wouldn't even need to watch the Super Bowl. It would have been yeah. over. They'd be like, cool. Okay. No, and then they should have slid an F10 teaser trailer into the fucking Super Bowl. Do you remember before the pandemic when they're like, hey, we're going to have a whole event, a live event in Miami to unveil the trailer for F9? We're like, oh, yes. my God, this is amazing. And yes. then, like, we waited a year and a half for that movie. Yeah, and the live event was pretty cool. I mean, like, yeah. they did – the actors definitely weren't prepared but the event was cool that they did it to release the trailer. That's pretty yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 All right, Joe, the final thing to do before we welcome in the Mikester is to talk about the too fast, too furious minute, minute 49, a minute I called Cracker Jack Toys. We heard you boys wanted to get rid of those Cracker Jack toys. No, actually, we just figured those cars you got deserve better drivers, which is why we're going to take them off your hands. You know, why don't we settle this now? Wait, 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 wait. How about we settle this on the blacktop, huh? Each car does a down-and-back tag team style. For slips. Loser walks home. We came to race. Well, load them up then. Come on, let's get these cars. All right, check it out. There's no way we're going to beat these guys straight up. That Hemi's putting out about 425, and that Yanko will snap a speed on about five seconds flat, so... I mean, we're going to have to pull something out of our ass. The only thing I could think of is save the spray for the way back, the return trip. I'm deal. All right, let's do this, bro. I'm getting that orange one. <laughs> you ain't ready, Fabio! All right. You so in this minute, tensions flare between our family and Fonzie and Fabio in advance of the race. Brian, Tej, and Suki 
Set the stakes with Fonzie and Fabio. Each car does it down and back, tag team style. Whichever team wins gets the other team's cars. Knowing they're outmatched, Brian and Roman formulate a plan, save the Nos for the end. Roman and Fabio pull up to the line, and Tej begins to lay out the rules of the race as the minute ends. And Joe, I gotta say, this minute proves the Buster truly became a gearhead. It does. It really, really does. He does like he 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 slings a lot of lingo here, some of which I don't even know. Like, what is snap a speed on about five seconds flat? Me, what does that mean? What does he actually say? What is the quote? Come on, bro, let's get these cars. All right, check it out. There's no way we're gonna beat these guys straight up. The Hemi's putting at about four twenty-five. I'm assuming that's horsepower. Yeah. And the Yanko will snap a speed on about five seconds flat. I don't know what he's trying to say. Like, I think like go zero is to that sixty a, and zero five. To 60? That's what I think. But what is snap a speed? A speed? Snap a speed on about five seconds flat, which is how it's what is written on this. Oh, like. like Maybe he has to become a gearhead because I don't know what he's saying here. It here, sounds like he I knows think he's he was supposed about. to. I think that it was supposed to be more like, like get up to speed, and he's trying to say it with like a cool flair, like in a local okay but dialect like, type situation. It'll get on its horse by by five seconds. You know what? Like you know something like an idiom. Yeah. So that nobody knows though. But like that's not that doesn't really tie into this race because this race is not like a uh, like a a quarter mile or something. It's like, you just go down and go back. So like acceleration matters, but it's like, I don't know. They also have to turn just, around. This is, cool. this is the balance, right? Like, that's why I think that they, they were like down and back because you have to turn. Right. So like, they know that they'll beat them if it's just like a one-on-one drag race. Right. So like they have to put the turn in there to make it more balanced. Okay. Because he knows that they're outclassed. He says, we're going to have to pull something out of our ass. The only thing I can think of is save the spray for the way back the return trip, which is the Nas, the spray, right? Yes, yes. So he's like, okay, we got we to gotta think outside the box. What are we going to do? We're going to save the Nas for the end. It's like, that doesn't feel like enough of a plan. I think it, I think it actually does, though, because like, so? if you use it on the way down, you could like overshoot the turn, and you still have to brake. On the way back, you don't have to brake like, till you pass the line. So it is the smarter play. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, once you, like, get up to speed and then you hit the NOS, like, you can you can go past the line because you're just tagging the other dude in or trying to win the race. Whereas, like, if you use it going down, then you blew it, you have to dead stop the car, I mean, almost dead stop the car to go around the barrel and then come back and you don't have any NOS and he's going to catch up to you because he's faster in a straight line. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair enough. So the logic kind of tracks for me. I, I think that that makes sense. I do think the bigger picture here is that Brian, he's been confident before because he's never lacking in confidence because he is an average white man. We understand yes. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he true. does step up to Fonzie and Fabio in this minute, like with a real level of confidence. Yeah. Yeah, he thinks he's going to win for sure. No, actually, we just figured those cars you got deserve better drivers, which is why we're going to take them off your hands. It's like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's playing a little mind games too there. As we'll see in the minute, in a couple minutes. Uh, they get their ass kicked. They kind of have to just like play chicken to win, but like they're, they clearly get outclassed. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do well. I, I no. always remember that part of the race. It's like, it's not close for a very long time. I have another question for you about the actual logistics of the race. It seems like our family is doing all of the setup. Tej is doing the rules. Tej is going to start it. Suki's saying, you know, loser walks home. Like it just seems like Fonzie and Fabio Darden and Corpy, Corpi yes, came yes. with women, but they're just like, we're going to, you guys handle it. So like, I don't want to doubt Go ahead. the integrity of our family, but like, it feels like we're making all the rules. You have to play by our rules. 
But also, don't forget that Tej has a reputation of running street races. And he wouldn't have this reputation if he didn't run them fairly. True. Like yeah, he, okay, fair enough. He runs, like, the race with the with the jump at the beginning. Everybody knows him. He does even the jet ski races. He, like, takes bets on them. And nobody's bitching that he's cheating. I, he's just, like, the guy that just runs the shit. So they're like, if anybody would do it, like, even if he's boys with them, like... There's the sanctity of the race, and, I, and we know Tej will do it, do us right, right? Yeah, fair. So what did you notice in this? I see something that I missed that I, <laughs> I guess I have to deal with, but where is that? But what did you notice in this minute? So it was really hard. There wasn't a lot behind them, and um, I was still trying to find out where they are. The only sign that I saw was an entrance, like a sign saying, when the cars are lined up, behind them, if you go to the left you will enter on 863 and one like 112 the two highways doesn't okay. really help us because you could enter this anywhere right so i'm going to take a look but yes i yes i like look there's i mean like it's just like this is this way to the entrance ramp right it's like to get on i95 or something sure like, sure sure it's like okay so kind of if we knew something else if i see another sign i can de- definitely start to narrow it down but as of right now nothing yeah, because that could be, like, literally any street that, like, needs yes. to get to those two highways, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. The other thing, though, is that behind him, on the wall, there's a phone number. I don't know what the sign says. Like, you can't read the sign. It never shows, like, what the like what this phone number is for. It's just something that's there. Behind... Actually, you know what? Motherfucker, why don't we just Google the phone number? Well, go ahead. You call it. Oh, but... it's on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Google the phone number and see what it is and then see if I should call it because I don't want to know ahead of time. I guess I should know ahead of time, but you Google it and, and, and oh, give me inf- I know what it is and this is going to tell us exactly where it is. I didn't even think about this. Okay. Should I call the number or no? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be fine. I, I mean, what is like, it? Do you want to know? I. Uh, do you it's think nothing it's, scary. Is... It, like They're not going to be angry at you. Is it going to be answered by a person or by a machine, do you think? Uh, you have a possibility of both. Okay, let's see. Cool, I found out where the fuck this is now. We're calling kind of late in this East Coast number. I found exactly where this fucking is now. Perfect. Okay. Hello. Hi. Hello? I, I'm sorry. I think I have the wrong number. I'm sorry. I can't. When he's when he answers the phone in Spanish, I don't think I can keep up with that conversation. Yeah, it's um Jones's boatyard. Okay. And that's what he was saying. Okay. Like Jones's boatyard. Yeah. So I think this might be precisely where they are, my friend. I think we figured it out. I didn't even think to reverse search here let me send this to you you take a look around and tell me if that's not exactly where they're standing northwest here south river drive miami right yep check that picture out that i just sent you that's like a hundred percent it right it sure looks like it doesn't it it looks like that's exactly where they're about to race because the because the wall was like right behind him and like the building stops there so i'm imagining at one point the phone number was where like the machine shop is yeah I like I like a little bit of mystery. I did not think he was gonna. Also, the fact that he answered after five rings threw me for a loop. Yeah, yeah, definitely did, right? Because they're closed. They closed at four p.m. according to Google. Jones's Boatyard Inc. Right or no? Yeah, what's it called? Jones's Dry Dock. 
if I knew what to listen for, I might have been able to have that conversation better. But I felt it's okay. It's fine. You did you did your due diligence, but I think that I you, called. Yeah. And it still exists, right? It still exists as the as the vote doc. I, so. I also thought that like it wouldn't have existed. Like I, you know, like these numbers are what 20, 30 years old now. Correct. So. Yeah. Flesh that out on the document, which is very cool. Jones yeah. Dry Dock. Very cool. Yeah, so now we know exactly where this is. This this I mean, if we have that phone number, they wouldn't have it doesn't seem like they moved. It looks just like what it was. So cool. I was really worried that we weren't going to find out where the fuck they have this race, but I think that we did. You know, it looks like a relatively busy area. There's a Radisson Hotel across the street. That could be, you know, gentrification, bud. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. We're also There's talking about 20 years car. ago. There's but a yacht the thing street. around the corner. Does there's a go- lake right there, too. Yeah, there's water on the other side. Well, there's like a there's like a little like not like a river, but like a river style, like a like a narrow through, like a straight through, and then there's a, an actual lake. Is there a place that they would have turned around? Well, now, in the next minute, we have to check out where they turn around because like yeah. this road goes right, like it just keeps. Wait, so what highways did you say it was approaching? You said it was approaching. It's in the dock. It's eight thirty six uh... and one twelve. So where are those? Yeah. 836 is the Dolphin Expressway toll road, which runs east-west, south of that. Yeah. And then 112 is east-west, north of that. Okay. So I guess you got to go, it's it's both ways, but yeah, okay. I would imagine, actually, that's, that's, that sign might be pointing toward, like, northwest 21st Street, which would kick you out onto 953, which is a northwest or north-south highway. And then from there, you can either get on... 112 or get on 836 yeah it seems like there's like a big it like if we're looking at it where the boat dock is and where the sign was pointing it's telling you that like up ahead and to the left here is probably like yeah like northwest 31st street one of those kind of situations like even there right yes it's definitely pointing toward a east-west street like a, a 31st or 21st or 27th or something that'll get you to the highway that'll get you to the highways that you need to get onto yes i think yeah. so too we deduced it we cracked the case that's actually pretty cool dude okay so we know where it is because like they had to be standing in front of this thing if that's the phone number and the phone number still exists and it looks like just where they were so cool okay All right, one so- last thing though yeah go for it i did notice is that did you notice that brian is the back of his shirt says tej's garage yes I got to add that here. That's very interesting to me because we didn't see the back of it until then. Tej's garage with his nameplate on it implies that he actually works at Tej's garage. Which makes sense because if we remember we did the whole like logistics of he like. He lives outside in the boat right outside yes. of it. Yeah, exactly. So this is just linking that evidence up that like we kind of assumed, but like they're adding more evidence in there. You know what we need? We need a Tej's garage set of shirts for us. Oh, dude, why don't we just print them and put them on the fucking store? That should you, be the next would shirt. Would you want one that says Joe or would you want one that says Brian? I would want one that says Joe. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely prefer one that says my name. I'll make a note here next to the other, the brass. But even like the t-shirt, shirt. like to get the logo of Tej's Garage and put it on a t-shirt. It's just like a font, right? Like we could find that script, like a font that like looks like that. I think so too, yeah. Cool, Okay. Um, so I have three different questions here. I don't know if I like one or two. I, oh, I didn't. I don't want to do more than yet. one. Okay. But we have. So, what is Brian's idea that he quote pulls out of his ass? Okay. That'd be to win the race, which is the save the spray for the return trip. Which of the two cars is Roman eyeing if he and Brian win the race? Oh, he says that's the orange a good one, question. Which that's is the a, Dodge Challenger. It makes it's logical, 
but it also okay go ahead continue or who is the only member of the family present at the race who doesn't speak up in the lead up to the down and back race the answer is jimmy because tej and suki well roman doesn't either i don't like the last that last question stuff so let's get rid of that last one yeah so do you like that second one? I th- the second one's probably better. It's just, it's one of two choices, right? So the Dodge Challenger or the Yanko Camaro. Camaro. Yeah. And don't put the colors in them, though. Which means that I'm going to get it wrong. Well, yeah. I mean, well, the Yanko Camaro is blue. That's the dun 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 Well, I have to remember that, and I also have to remember him saying that I want the orange one. Uh, and also remember later in the movie, he dr- he's driving the orange one. And Brian's in the blue one, right? I guess. Yeah, Isn't, yeah I don't remember. We'll get there. I was thinking, and I know this is like a crazy thing to think, but I was thinking recently, I'm like, I kind of missed the first movie. Like, I feel like when we were in the minute for the first movie, I felt like I was watching that movie all the time, but now we watch it once every four months. And I'm like, I can watch the first movie. I'm not going to watch it again, like, by choice, because we're going to get to it soon enough, but, like, I missed the first movie. It's so good. It's, like, it's so good for no reason. Like, it, even just, like, minute by minute, I agree. But I do, if... The original ones on TV, I'll still put it on. <laughs> like, because now, yeah, with, with this, like, it feels like we're watching too fast all the time, right? Like, I'm like, I'm tired of this movie because we're watching it. All... We're watching 15 minutes of it a, a week, right? So, yeah, 15 minutes of one minute of it a week. Minute 49, Cracker Jack Toys. Which of the two cars is Roman eyeing if he and Brian win the down and back race? The answer is the Dodge Challenger. Yeah. Do we know who drove what car yet or no? Oh, no, I don't. I mean, we keep, did. It's in there. It's in the document somewhere, I think. keep fucking that up. Hold on. Because we definitely... Beagle saw... used a lot by a main character for a long time. Corpy's car, too fast, too furious. Corpy drives the Yanko Camaro. Okay. So I'll say Corpy, who is Fonzie's... So I'll say Fonzie's Chevy Camaro Yanko or Fabio's Dodge Challenger. Okay. And the answer is Fabio's Dodge Challenger. Okay. That doesn't help at all. I no, like no, the no, it doesn't. It, it absolutely does not help, though. I also think we, we have so many bonus episodes. Like, we just did the Friday Night Lights one. We're going to do Transporter 2 as a bonus episode. But, like, we're going to hit minute 50 soon. And I want it feels like a time to do, like, a check-in. But maybe we just wait till the end of the end of the movie and then just do it no, all. No, no, no. The... Minute 50, we do a scoring. I like that. Okay, so we'll do another bonus episode soon. Another reason to join the Patreon. Get a DVD. Friday Night Lights episode, Transporter Oh, did two we episode. do it as an episode? We didn't just, like, take the quiz. We, like, did it. Our first bonus episode was the entire first quiz. We didn't, we didn't do a halfway check-in. I feel like we did just take... Like, we should just take it ourselves. Okay. And just report what we got. And then we'll do an episode when we finish the quiz. Yes, that's how we should do it. Okay. Because right now, 49 minutes, but 52 questions, so... Yeah. Joe, do you remember how many people are at the race? Let me count. The four with the the four Fonzie and his team because they have two girls. Then you got uh, five will be Brian and Roman is six, and you got Suki, Jimmy, and Tej. It is nine, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. It took me a minute, well, but I'll get there. Well, we're also like it's the same scene we just watched. So like, hopefully, theoretically, <laughs> even if you don't remember last week, we you just saw all those characters again, right? So yeah, I did. I just saw them today. True. All right, let's take a break and let us bring in Mike to talk about the transporter.
fast to forever. This is episode number 226, The Transporter. This episode is brought to you by Brothers Auto Transport LLC, who is a regional vehicle carrier operating a fleet of 110 company-owned automotive transporters. If you need your car moved, call Brothers Auto Transport. I guess Pierre liked Speaking it, too. Speaking of brothers, brothers in the background. <laughs> did you hear him just yell? I did, I did, I did. Well, welcome back to Too Fast to Forever with us tonight to kick off a three-part crossover extravaganza with part one here, part two on our Patreon, part three on his show. We have the resident historian, Mike Manzi. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. I got my orangina. I'm ready to rock. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Now, this is, of course, not only just a trilogy, this is a quadrilogy. Stay them only in the first three. There's also a TV show. Oh, really? There's a fourth one? There's a fourth one called, like, Refueled or Re-something that came out, like, so this is 020508, and then one, like, six or seven, like, I think, like, 15 or 16 or something, there was a kind of a reboot, sort of. Now, Mike, you you said, we asked before, you've seen the first three so you've seen what we are going to cover, but you have not seen the other stuff. Is that correct? So I've actually seen the refueled one as well. I re- I have no clear. Oh, okay, okay. I have no clear memory of it. I know I have like the stub somewhere. I remember seeing okay. it, and I've never watched the TV show. I didn't know there was a show until I was doing research for this episode. We'll talk about like the, I guess the legacy of. I don't know, but like I. Considering how big Transporter, the franchise, is to have four movies and a TV show, like, I would think that the, I would have known about the TV show, just, like, from, like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. ads. But, like, how no, long I don't did think it I'd run? heard either. How long did it run, and what channel was it on? Transporter the Seer. It's an English-language, French-Canadian action thriller television series, spinoff from the film series. Originally, HBO and Cinemax were involved, but they dropped out. It was broadcast by a bunch of different... The movie network, maybe in the U.S.? I don't know. Two seasons, 24 episodes. Wow. 2012 through 2014. So it was Mm. after the trilogy, but before the reboot. Okay. It's crazy to think that this movie is 20 years old. That blows my mind. Yeah. Wait, hold on. There's also... Wait, what is this? Is this called Le Transporteur? Like, in I know there's a lot of, like, French directors and producers involved in this project. Hold on. That's fun. I, I need to I need to pump the brakes here for a second because I just found out something, Mike, that blows my mind that ties into something you and I have done. Oh, sweet. There's the Transported Trilogy, which we're going to talk about in these three shows, right? Then in 2015, there's Refueled, which was announced in 2013 that Luke Bassan, who co-wrote this, is going to co-finance, distribute, and produce and write. Uh, Ed Screen replaced Statham, and it came out in 2015. Here's the crazy part, Mike. In an interview with IGN, Louis Leterrier confirmed Jason Statham's cameo in Collateral, providing a briefcase to Vincent, is his character of Frank Martin. So what? Collateral is technically a transporter movie. He's the transporter what? in that movie? I guess so. And then <laughs> in America, the motion picture, which came out last year, which was like a Netflix thing, which is like, I think, an, an animated thing with like all bunch of voice actors. Zebby Galesi, I don't know who this person is, voiced the transporter. In America, the motion picture, as the stagecoach driver of Benedict Cosby Arnold. Okay. So, in like 1776, there was a version of the transporter, but just he was Benedict Arnold. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> That's insane. And then apparently, there the refueled was going to be refueled was going to be a a kickoff to a new trilogy that they never did two or three, and then there was a TV show that ran for two seasons. So huh. this is a complicated thing. 
more complicated. Like I, I did not go too far in depth into the franchise because I want to sort of save like any kind of spoilers for the future ones or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, this is wild. Does he? Does the character pop up somewhere in like Valerian City of a Thousand Planets or whatever? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I hope so. I have no idea. Uh, but Joe, you and I, I think, am safe in saying that we have never seen any of these movies. Is that correct? Yeah. I. This is the first time I watched this movie because you know, like we said, like once we knew we were going to do this, it was like might as well just save it. So this movie, The Transporter, two thousand two, was directed by Louis Leterrier and Corey Yoon. Leterrier did Now You See Me, which came up recently on oh, yeah. a Letterbox game. Yep. He did the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk. Yeah. He did Clash of the Titans, and he also did the sequel to this, Transporter Two. And then Corey Yoon, Y U E N, did DOA Dead or Alive, which is yeah. often referred to as like the worst video game movie. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Gotta see it. And he's also done a lot of Asian cinema, including like Jackie Chan. Like, I don't know if he's a stunt guy. I don't know like why a film has two directors like this. Maybe he does stunts. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Yeah. But Leterrier is definitely the bigger name, the more, you know, padded, um, at least American resume here. And then it was written by Luke Besson and Robert Mark Kamen. So Luke Besson, very famous, did Leon and Lucy and The Fifth Element and Taken and Valerian and Anna. And Anna, of note, was with Owen Shaw, and I think maybe even Helen Mirren, too, maybe. Mm. So a couple other Shaw, at least one of the Shaw in that. And then Robert Mark Kamen co-wrote with Luke Besson, Fifth Element and Taken, but also wrote Solo, the first Karate Kid movie. Oh. And as far as I can tell, all both, both of them wrote this entire original trilogy. So it's not like they're passing the buck into some other writer who's just like, yeah, take the character, do what you want with it. Like, it seems like this is their babies. All three of them are, their, are the babies. Yeah. Yeah, this I had a feeling like this feels like almost a comic book adaptation of some kind that never was a comic or something, you know, like this is their chance to sort of, oh, maybe we've been thinking of this guy as a character to use in some form of medium or another, because, yeah, they they got the same creative team the whole way through the trilogy. I mean, they've got they've got to have some love for this to see it all the way through. You know, I like that. Oh, so, okay, so yes, I agree with all of that, and I'm looking now at the wiki, because I was like, is this a comic? It's not, but Corey Yoon is the stunt, like, the fight choreographer, so I guess he gets co-director yeah. credit, but, like, he does the Hong Kong-style fight scenes, so that's why, Okay. yes, so that makes sense. Yeah. I wanted to go a little bit in-depth, I don't always do this, but I want to see, like, the rating and the budget, because, like, I'm like, this kicks off a franchise, right, of three films here, Another apparent trilogy that only was one movie and another. And TV it doesn't show. end. And it doesn't end like on a cliffhanger. Like no, like oh, we're starting a franchise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Correct. Like yeah. we get now a lot. It's it it, it just was one movie. So it, yeah, right. how did this happen? I can't. I I don't know. I don't okay. know because it <laughs> okay. had a twenty one million dollar budget, which is not a lot. It made forty three worldwide, including twenty five in the U S. So, like it made money, but not a ton of money. The first one has a 51 on Metacritic. The highest rating on Metacritic is the second movie. The first one is a 54% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's the highest of the franchise. And it's got 73% by the audience. So not bad, but none of those are, like, good. Right. This is also Statham's first leading role, because people saw him in The One, the Jet Li movie, The One. And they're like, that guy rules. We're going to write a movie for him. So Jason Statham's first leading role is this. Okay. He did all. He did most of his own stunts, the car driving scenes. He learned how to hotwire a car. He knew how to kickbox. He did. He trained the martial arts. Maybe it's just this guy is cool. Let's get, let's do more of these movies with this guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I can't like outside of that. Beyond that, I don't know why this is a four movie TV show spinoff <laughs> beloved thing. I don't like. It's good. Yeah. It's not great. I don't think. But no. like, 
for this to be like the seed for something massive, it's like that was the that was the most surprising thing to me. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's pretty wild and I see so much similarity between this and the Fast and the Furious upon watching it beyond like the very obvious obvious things. It also, I mean, I guess the Fast and Furious kind of fit the same mold, right? Like, it, they just made, like, one movie, and you're like, why the fuck did they make nine of these, you know? Like, what did you really see here that was like, okay, let's make, you know, one that's pretty much straight to DVD for the third one with none of the real characters, but, like, we'll do it again, and it's like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know either, because this is sort of a time, I feel, before the world was franchise crazy. I mean, you know, yeah. this is like, we didn't even have the full Matrix trilogy out at this point. And so it's pre-MCU. Like, there's all these weird factors involved. I feel like maybe 20th Century Fox, which I believe this is released under, was kind of feeling the pressure of like, yeah, we need we need kind of like a fast car franchise. Like, Fast and Furious has got a movie going. Like, let's try that. Maybe there was Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, like you said, they got Statham as a star to sort of mold these films around and like cut his teeth. It's relatively, I guess, cheap, you know, all things considered. It's made out of the country, so they've got all this French involvement. It feels very strange and foreign at times and un unlike American structured films and stuff. So I, I don't know. Maybe they're just like, let's see what happens. And then why not roll the dice? If, to my knowledge, I think the second one's better and then the third one's worse. Like, I think, you know, it goes up and it okay. goes like okay. up and down again kind of thing. So maybe they run out of gas uh, by, by the third one. And that's why they did. You know, and the one thing and I, I did, again, did not look this up, but I feel like and this might not be true, that there's something different about the third one in terms of the production of it, because these first two are on HBO Max. The third one is not. That's and I weird. remember like that's very years weird. and years ago, I was like at Target. Like, I wasn't like going there to buy these movies. But they had the first two were like $5 on Blu-ray. I'm like, oh, I'll buy those because like I want to see those movies. Like, this is like way before the podcast, right? Like I'm just like, oh, Transporter, Statham, like him. I'm going to buy these. But like the third one was like $15. I'm like, why? I'm, the first two oh. are cheap. Why? So like I, I don't know. And again, didn't look it up. I'll look it up for the third one for Mike's show. I don't know if Transporter 3 is like a different production studio or different rights or different distribution or whatever. But it feels like the first two are more linked. And the third one is kind of its own thing, even though the same writers that still stay them, it's still the same franchise. It feels like the production side, the back end of it is different. I don't know if it's true or not. We'll find out in a couple of days. Hmm. That tracks. It makes sense to me. Yeah. And I like Statham in this. I think this is a great vehicle. It was good to see, like, I forget, like, happy Jason Statham. Like, he feel like, you know, because he doesn't, like, yeah. like, Shaw never really smiles, right? And, like, he's always sort of got a twist on his on his face. And He does with a baby. Let's not, no, let's yeah, not forget the baby scene, Mike. Yeah. He loves that baby. But, like, this is, this is, like, still, like, Lockstock Statham where he's, like, having a gas and smiling and doing one-liners and, like, cracking himself up at times. So it was good to see all that as well. And I, I, I feel like, yeah, that you could see sort of the star power generating uh, from this vehicle. So this movie, if you have not seen it, again, is on HBO Max if you want it. He is, I thought he, at first he was a getaway driver, but he's just like a professional driver, right? And he's very particular, like the best drivers are. Yeah. And I'm very curious to see where he goes. Like he starts out with some skills, like he's a little bit, he's a good shoot, he's a good shot, and he's a good fighter, but it feels like, I'm wondering if Fast and Furious style, if he's going to become like best in the world at all these things, right? Because it seems like- Like, mm -hmm. it's, he starts out, like, they tell you that he's like- former military and right. like he's essentially like a navy seal that now is like a criminal getaway driver yeah yes i was i was a little disappointed he didn't 
fly the plane at the end. Like I, I want to see him fly Same. more, like drive more stuff. Or, you know, <laughs> he's a transporter. Like I think I, the I guess same... I guess they're going for some believability, but I I did think he like hijacked that plane, was going to fly the plane, just though he's just a passenger. Because like, they show a picture it. of him in like a pilot's like yeah. suit and stuff. So I'm like, okay, cool. He's hijacking this plane so he can go fly it, and then he's like, no, you're going to fly the plane. I'm just going to skydive out of it, which is also badass. But like, yes, yeah. So he has a set of rules that he plays by. You know, the job is the job, no names, never look in the package. And so he gets, it's kind of like a baby driver style opening, right? He gets yeah. away, he gets these, you know, bank robbers to safety. But then a second job, he's transporting a package and he stops because he has a flat tire and he sees that the bag in the trunk is a, a body in a bag. Then he pulls over to get a, an orangina that he lets the body drink a little bit of. He's delivering it to the biggest fast action mulch. I had no idea before the the movie started that he was in this, but Matt Scholes, aka Vince from the Fast and Furious, yes. is the villain in this movie. We'll talk about him. And then he kind of just like this package he's supposed to be delivering, he kind of like develops a thing for this woman, and then the whole plot of the movie is taking down this like body smuggling, people trafficking from China, I guess, right? That her father is running with Vince. And that's kind of the plot that he like doesn't want to get into it, but then sort of gets into it and like needs to be a good guy, sort of. Yeah. L- let's face it, he falls in love. <laughs> like if the music in this movie tells you anything, they this is like the weirdest meet cute ever. <laughs> so in the original screenplay, he was gay. No kidding. No. Original idea, no. he was gay. It would have been cool if him and the inspector were together. Like I love. They definitely that. have. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. So the love scene they added with this woman, Shu Chi, S-H-U-Q-I, who plays Lai, Lei, L-A-I, right? Yeah. Yeah. That love scene was added specifically to draw attention away from the potential remaining vestiges of the aspect in the script. Mm. So he was originally conceived to be gay, which is cool. And then they're like, oh, no, 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 no. He needs to be a badass action dude. We're going to have this woman seduce him, basically. Uh, It would have been, oh, man, if only he could have just like pushed her away and the scene could have ended. And then they could have had sort of a little bit of the, you know, a little bit of each or so, you know, (laughs) he could have had. But whatever. Because the most interesting dynamic, I think, in this movie is the way that he and the detective help each other at their jobs by being a cop and a criminal, by doing the thing that the other can't do. Right. And it just makes sense for them to be in love also. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I love that idea. I don't think, has that movie come along where, like, the cop and the criminal, not that they're chasing each other, but, like, they are with each other. Like, that's that's a very interesting dynamic indeed that I would like to see. I'm Googling cop and criminal in love movie. Well, I guess you could argue like there's subtext there's be a lot of in yeah. heat. And, you know, there's a lot of that subtext. And but I think break, subtext. But. Oh, oh, Mike, a movie we podcasted about. Maybe my favorite movie. The sexiest movie that's ever been made. Jupiter Ascending. Out of sight. <laughs> no, out of sight. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because she's a U.S. Marshal. He's a criminal. Yeah. Great and call. How can, you, how can you resist either of them? Absolutely. All right. Well, there it is. And that's a terrific movie. You know, it's like a perfect film. So I guess the premise is sound. <laughs> there's a there's a bunch of people. Uh, yeah, I mean, a bunch of movies. I don't know if they're as clear. Oh, another movie we, we podcasted about, Mike. Raising Arizona. OK, yeah, yeah. But that's not exactly. Although she kind of retires when they, when they get married, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're not actively cop and criminal. Yeah. And out of sight's more what I was thinking where there's like she's she's like hunting the guy that she's she's into kind of situation and but yeah yeah <laughs> but it's, it's out there and awesome. they're sometimes great movies right so uh but joe what did you think of the transporter 
watching this not knowing what the franchise would become, would you think that this would become this whole thing? Or, like, where did you land on this first movie? I, I sometimes struggle with action movies just because. This one was a little chaotic for my brain at points. There's a lot of hand-to-hand fighting. They do do some interesting things. So, like, I like that they use goofy weaponages. That always keeps me in it. Like, with the axes and the rips the candle stick off the wall type situations. Like, those are really cool. It feels like something that a lot of people that love action movies would like. So, I can definitely see it continuing on. But yeah, it's Jason Statham in an action movie. I liked all the Fast and Furious parts and the parts where he's not fighting so much better than all the action sequences, which were cool, but they also felt so similar to so many set pieces we see in the Fast and the Furious that I was Uh like, it's not that interesting, right? Because, like, there's a couple set pieces here that are pretty much straight from the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, like, great, I'm... I'm taking yeah, it's the other way around, right? Like the Fast and Furious is stealing whoever, but like well, that 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 I think is what's hard because like Mike said, this is a 20 year old movie. It's hard to know. Like there's a thing where he has a button in his car that changes his license plate. I'm like that can't be the first movie. That's probably in a Bond movie, but like I don't yes, I don't yeah, I yeah. don't know where that. But I'm like that might have been first. I don't know, right? Like it's just like there's things that are just like was that a copy of a thing or did other things copy that or like. I don't know. It's hard. Like, it's hard to tell, like, especially in the 90s, 2000s, where, like, this simultaneously somehow looks, like, good and cool and also, like, super shitty because it's just, like, of that time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't know how revolutionary this is or just, like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I don't think I have an answer for you either. And, and like, obviously all these guys, like, if you're making a movie like this, you definitely love all the other movies like this, right? Like, you wouldn't make it if you didn't, right. like, have some kind of fondness for this. So, like, I'm sure that they're all just, like, watching it like, oh, yeah, that was really cool. And, like, let's do that, too. So, so Mike, you said you think the second one is better. But what did you like this first one? I, I feel like I liked it more the last time I saw it after watching, you know, like, all the stuff that came after it. But I still had a pretty fun time. And, and. Yeah, I'd say it's like an average action movie in relation to everything going on nowadays. I mean, Matt Schultz has no luck with trucks, right? He's in the same position he was at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, history repeats itself. But I feel like there's other callbacks. Like he definitely goes Indiana Jones at the end under the truck. Like it feels very much like a like a stunt reel kind of thing, you know, where it's like we got to fill in the gaps so we could get to these crazy action sequence ideas. I just don't feel like they're executed as well as they could have been. There's a lot of quick cutting and I need to, it's hard to read a lot. I think it gets better along the way once you get used to the language of the movie making and stuff. But like, yeah, it's all about the set pieces. It's all about getting to the oil slick fight in the uh, motorcade. Yeah. I don't know. Just this time around, I think my biggest issue was like, he stops being a transporter like halfway, like I almost wanted yeah. the whole movie yeah. to be more like the chase with uh, Charlie Sheen, that Riff Coogan movie, um, or Baby Driver, right? Like, yeah, yeah, or that. Give me some Baby Driver like, situation. Just, just more sort of transporting. I don't know. It, like, I knew it wasn't this, but I wanted it almost to be like, all right, he finds out it's the lady in the car, so he keeps going, and then they're after him, and now it's like, all right, the whole movie's a chase sequence or something. But like, you know, it's it's not that it is what it is. And for what it is, I think it's yeah, it, they did a pretty good job, especially for the time. I think the effects and all that kind of stuff comes off pretty well in comparison to today. It just lacks a certain amount of adrenaline that I think I'm more used to and a little a little more scope than uh, than I need. I think 
I think you're right, Mike. That's that's a good way to describe it. It does somehow feel low stakes. Yeah. Right. Like you well, don't. I, th- I think it feels European in that way. I think that's. I think that's the Luc Besson influence. I mm-hmm. think it almost starts and stops at times like that. That and I never feel like he's in any sort of danger. Oh yeah, he's superhuman. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Already from the jump, from the from the from the very beginning, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. like grow into it. He just is. Yeah, it starts. I feel like with his nerves, and I don't know, ends with his fists. Uh, and he has like a crazy hideout in that weird lighthouse castle. That he, it's all booby trapped. It felt a little like the Batcave at one point and stuff. So definitely like superhero vibes coming off of there, like anti-hero. I mean, it's like a shaved Wolverine at one point in this movie when he's like shirtless <laughs> for fifteen minutes. Yeah, which is cool, and we'll get to that. But I feel like the issue that I have with this movie is that I think Statham is great. The fights are great. Some of the action, like some of the ideas, like especially the oil slick fight, which we'll talk about, yeah, are really cool. And I think it's just kind of poor filmmaking. Like I don't think that they're they're highlighted or showcased in a way that is deserving of like the ideas they have. I don't think I don't get the sense like Joe, you you talk about a lot about how like you get a sense of certain movies can convey driving fast well. Yeah. Which is not necessarily this, but like I feel like this movie does not do I don't feel like his kicks and his punches are landing with any kind of force. Yes, mm. yes, yes. Yes, I can see that. That's that that was part of my description of low stakes. Yeah. And I think stuff in here is really cool. Like really cool. And like Statham is doing a great job with it. But as a movie, like as a presentation, I'm just like, yeah, I think it's fine. Like I think if you get a, like an action director, like if you get like a like Gareth Evans who did like the raid, right? Like if you get somebody who like really does this, because like there's a scene where Statham fights two dudes with axes, and you're like, fuck yeah, okay, yeah, here we go, yeah, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, okay, yeah, right, like yeah. it's just all right. Like there's cool ideas, and he's always badass, but it's just like the movie is not elevating. The screenplay, I don't think. And, like, I know that's, like, a very sort of snobby way to say that, but, like, I think the action here could be so much cooler. Like, this could be a great movie if, I don't know if it's the shot, I don't know if it's the editing, I don't know if it's the sound, I don't know if it's a combination of all of it, I don't know what it is, but there's something here that's holding it back from really highlighting, I think, I think this is probably a a better screenplay than a movie. Yeah, I think that might have been what earned its sequels and stuff is there's a lot of potential here. Like there really is, you know, like like you said, Joey, like if it just had more money and a better director and, you know, leave Statham in there. But I think a major issue is he's doing too many of his own stunts. Like they want us to know too much that it's him. And I don't really need that as much. And how easy is it to stunt a bald dude anyway? Like you could get an amazing, and then you get your real hits and your impact, which is, which I agree this lacks a lot of and leaves it feeling, I don't want to say goofy, but like, kind of at times you know it just feels cartoonish sometimes when he beats the shit out of a guy and then instead of killing him he gives him like a funny expression and knocks him out or so i don't know it just yeah like even coming down to his execution blows like it just sort of lacked that so the opening scene the opening action thing he's frank martin a getaway driver and at least in this scene he's got a bmw 750i e38 which i only note because this is a car podcast i couldn't tell you what that is for the life of me but it's the this biggest is bmw but this is the only one that's a one of a kind joe is with it a manual six-speed gearbox oh i did see him shifting and i never connected that they all came automatic that makes sense though 
Yeah. Okay. So cool. I think other cars, I think aftermarket people modded it to look like this, but this is the only official one that's a manual six-speed gearbox that was like, I guess, made by BMW, I guess. I don't know. For the movie. Yeah, that makes a yeah. lot of sense. But what's cool about this is that just like Gosling in Drive, just like Baby Driver, he's like, we need, like, we're doing, like, the job is a job. I'm, I've been paid to do a certain thing. I'm not going to do anything beyond that. And four dudes instead of three get in the car after the bank robber. He's just like, I'm not going until one of you gets out. Yeah, he's like, this is the weight, this is the shit, like, these are my shocks, these are the fuel. This is uh, how I prepared the car. Yeah, so uh, one of you needs to go. And then they're like, no, drive. He's like, no, it's not going to work. And then eventually the guy in the front shoots one of the guys in the back, they drop him out, and they go. And she's like, okay, cool. Like, that's a guy who's just like, his skills, I guess, are in such demand. They're like, also, like, what? why can't we just kill you? He's like, you don't know the code to start the car. He's like, well, okay, that's fair enough. Makes sense, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you find out their second getaway driver sucks and, like, got them caught, yeah. so good luck. <laughs> Who looked like European Jesse, by the way. Did he not have, like, big <laughs> Jesse vibes with the, like, the goofy Jetta that's white? You know what sure. I mean? Yeah, yeah. What I loved about this opening chase is that he drives the car off, like, an overpass onto a flatbed transport truck, which is cool. Yes. And then shoots another car off that transport truck, like the flatbed, to use it as, like, a bowling ball to take out cop cars. And then he backs down, and then he gets away again. I'm just like, that's, like, it's stuff like that. I'm like, this is so cool. Like, and, like, we've seen similar things elsewhere, but, like, it's done really well. And I just sort of wish, like, it was done a little bit better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fun kind of chain reaction type stuff in this movie, too. There's a scene when he takes off the parachute at the end. He does the same kind of move. It, like, drops on a car, and it skids out. But then it, like, hits another car, and they both instantly explode, like, sort of Simpson style. So, you know, just like, I was like, all right. But. Yeah, the cars do – every car that makes impact with another car blows to shit, which was interesting to see. Like, there's no actual crashes. It's just like explosion, explosion every time they touch. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's, that's a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of explosions in this movie. There is. So the second job is transferring the bagged living body, which he sees when he fixes the flat. This is what I said before. So Shu Chi, who plays Lai, Lei, is it Lai or is it Lei? I think it's Lai because he says Lai was lying to you towards the end. Okay. Yeah. So this actress spoke almost no English when she was cast. Okay. And she, she does a pretty good job. Like, it's mm-hmm. clear that English is not her first language, but it's not like Bai Ling, who is, like, in Crank 2, yeah. just not speaking, a, like, no language. It's just, yes. like, she's just making sounds, right? Yeah. Like, Shu Chi, like, does a pretty good job here, but there's that scene where she, like, makes the French breakfast pastry or whatever, and, like, she reads it out of the cookbook because, apparently, she just could not say that word, which is, oh. like, a difficult word, but she just, like, they had her read it out because it's, like, the character doesn't know how to say it either. It's not like the actress doesn't know, but, like, the character, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, yeah. but for someone who didn't know any English. She apparently she instead like could not communicate on set. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, she was great. You know, not to be rude, I had a harder time understanding the inspector sometimes. Uh, just because I think that actor was way more into his groove of whatever he does on a regular basis. But yeah, I thought she was great too. You know, she did the good action stuff when she had to, and I under yeah, no problem understanding her. I also like, and this is something that I don't, I don't know if I've seen, but like he uses her as like a, and again, this is maybe not great in terms, you know, woman as an object, but like he throws her at one of the cops, oh. like investigating his car. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. he, like, he uses her as like, like, here, you take this. <laughs> and like the guy catches her and then he just beats the two cops up. Like I was like, that's pretty cool. That, uh, that reminds me of get help with Thor and Loki. He's like, help my brother. And he just throws him at the guards. <laughs> <and> <laughs> proceeds to beat them up. 
there like it's 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 cool like i like that i appreciate that i also like that like even though she's an object there like when they get back to the house she's like can i go he's like yeah please like just by by all means your own woman and then like she sticks around but i'm like like quickly kind of quickly she like become like gets on even footing with him yeah which is which is cool which is rare in an action movie yeah but i mean we've seen stuff like that like you know he's like just rough on the rough out on the outside and you know she can break through to him pretty easy and you know yeah it, it was it was cool it worked for me that 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 part didn't bother me at all though at first i was a little like what's up with her like why was she being transported in a bag like what's going on here he's not asking her like any questions and then she's no. she's like snooping around and you i like that where you find out about him through her and stuff and no so i was glad eventually that she had some kind of motive to needing him sticking around the 400 people being trafficked and all that whole kind of thing it was kind of interesting like you don't really see that too much in movies where it's just like two characters kind of floating like in orbit for a couple scenes where there's like i don't know what really what's really going on yet and then the inspector shows up and things start to like oh good it's like an alibi and stuff starts playing out so i thought it was good also as we're learning about him through her like you're saying mike that picture that we see of like his young like young frank with the monkey is actually oh, statham oh, the monkey like nice. that's like a little statham i was gonna ask i thought uh, monkey, yeah that, that cool. makes sense yep i think we should talk about because like he he's supposed to bring lie to vince and he kind of does like it, it backfires whatever it doesn't go exactly as planned but vince in this movie is clearly vince but apparently the actor Matt Scholes wanted to be, quote, slim and sort of like a raven because he's very thin compared yeah. to Vince because Vince is like bulky and muscly. And he fasted. The actor fasted for 16 days and lost 40 pounds. Jesus. So, like, I can see a version days. where like, obviously, you know, we, we've all seen the first movie a bunch, but like he's so visually different. It'd be like, oh, I didn't know that was Christian Bale in The Machinist. It's like, yeah, because he lost like 80 pounds. He's just like one of those like transformations in a way. Yeah. That like, he looks, he looks really different. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, Vince is way powered down in this movie. <laughs> he looks so just And I don't know actor. why he needed to. It doesn't change the role for me, right? Like, it's, it's yeah. a weird choice stylistically. It's like, he could have been like a bigger dude in a suit, and like if they just put like a little bit baggier suit on him, it wouldn't have looked like he was super ripped, you know? Like, yeah. so I feel like this is the direction a lot of maybe not action stars, but action types were go- like you. You would see a lot more smaller, wiry guys kicking ass, I guess, and like Keanu in the Matrix, right? Like he's not Schwarzenegger and stuff. So like I kind of feel like even with Statham, he's sort of not as bulky as even in this movie he's not as bulky as your average guy around that time so i think that might have been a trend or something a lean mean fighting machine kind of thing even though he doesn't do very much fighting in the movie i can also see like historically bad guys are sort of more i don't know depicted as like these could be these like lean emaciated kind of like ghouly wiry kind of tall man sort of creeps or something too so well, there was that meme going around Twitter recently where it's just like in the 90s, bad guys like looked like Jason Alexander. Like they, they looked like George from 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 Seinfeld. Yeah, like that's yeah. just what he looked like. And now like every villain is like 
220 pounds of pure muscle with an eight pack. It's like, yeah, things look different now. But like there was more variety to like what a villain could look like. But I do think that like being a kind of like I think it goes back to the European thing. Maybe like I don't know if he was written like that or mm-hmm. whatever, but like it's just kind of like a not what you think of a villain in an action movie would necessarily look like. Yeah. yeah. And Vince tries to kill Stephen. He, he gives him a bomb. Which was which was weird. I mean, I get it. I wasn't expecting that, and then he blows the car up. The, like plot-wise, this movie feels very loosey goosey to me, and I don't know if it For was sure. me, like you know, because the action sequences. But like Mike was saying, like it definitely feels like they have the set pieces out, and they're like, how can we get from one to the other, right? Like we need to blow up this car at some point. Cool. This is how we'll do it. This is the story behind it. So, yeah, blowing up the car definitely surprised me, though. Yeah, Mike, do you know why? Like, why does he try to kill Statham otherwise? Other because, like, Statham delivers the package. Is it just because he, like, is there more to it? I think he said he opened the he package. Opened it, yeah. and he, they could okay. tell that they gave her a drink, I guess, because he cut the tape and all that kind of stuff. But I'm shocked that he didn't open that box and see there was a bomb inside, you know, like on the road. Like, he already is very kind of. Like his sense, you know, like he's very sort of like on edge about this job anyway. And it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think he would think it was all, all over that easily. Also, the, like he didn't take the other job. Like when the first robbers are like, okay, we got a job for you right now. Keep driving. And he's like, nope, that wasn't the deal. So like all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I need you to like deliver this box or whatever. And yeah, you're maybe like, yeah. He, maybe he thinks like, okay, I delivered the, the the body that we don't know it's a woman yet. Or I guess he does, but like whatever. He delivers lie. And it's like, okay, that's the completion of this job. So this is a new job, maybe. So maybe there's, like, some kind of, like, internal logic like that. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, but it gets him back to the mansion. And, like, what I also – what I love about him going back there is that he's not even back there to rescue her. He's just back there to kick everyone's ass for trying to blow him up. And she stows away in the back seat. The shot of him running up and doing the flying kick through the peephole is – amazing like that's a really cool like memorable thing yeah i love that that felt almost like right out of like leon or something that you would see in early like point of no return or whatever that love him nikita or something yeah he shows back up and he's just like again like like mike said just like kicking ass he does a thing which reminded me of the beginning of hobbs and shaw where he like throws a gun in the air and catches behind his back yeah that kind of feels like the champagne bottle at the beginning of Hobbs and Shaw, we're just like, no, I'm yep. not shot. Like, I'm this is my weapon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guard my weapon. I might do some like aerobatics with it or acrobatics with it or whatever. But like, this is, I'm, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be careful with it. So Statham is also he did in the movie Parker. I don't know if you guys have seen Parker yet, but he, no. is that what J Lo also? Yeah, he does. Still, to my memory, one of the most amazing gun tricks in that movie. Something with the clip where, like, he drops the clip and stabs someone with it or something. I can't exactly remember what it is, but I remember in the theater, like, having my mind just blown by by seeing this gun move <laughs> I'd never seen before. And I, I thought I was going to see more of it in this, but I, I, I appreciate the uh, up-in-the-air, grab-it-behind-the-back, slow-mo spin splash page. It's really cool. Because Parker also predates John Wick, and I feel like John Wick does like a lot of things like that. You're like, oh, I've, why have, why have, why has no one ever used a gun to pin a guy against the wall while you reload the gun, right? Or like, why yeah. don't they use the the magazine to like beat dudes up? And like John Wick is like, we can do all. We not only can we do it all, but we're gonna do it all. But like, yeah, Parker was up before. I remember. I feel like it was maybe in Cage Club, Mike, where you were like, I love Parker. You brought up Parker more than once. I think about how much you liked Parker. I think. Gotta rewatch that soon. I think it's very fun 
and quaint that Statham gets milk delivered? Yeah, is that like the French thing where he has like maybe. the baguette and the milk and like the everything is organic, maybe? Because he brings Lie back and he cuts her free and she's like, can I go? He's like, please. And she just explores. He wakes up and she's still there, right? She's like, I made breakfast. Like, where's the milk? He's like, oh, it's outside the door. And he goes and like the milkman dropped off milk and then the detective's there too. But like, I'm like, that's fun that like just this this mercenary, this like criminal gets milk delivered. Yeah. It, again, I think that's the European thing, right? Probably. It feels weird that this was set in Europe because at some points they were driving and it really felt like Miami to me. And I was like, oh, was he, like, driving in Miami? And then it was like, oh, no, he has, like, a European plate on the front of his car. I remember that part. And they don't really let, were, were they're in France, right? I believe so. He says Nice at one point. But it was just, like, very confusing. Like, they, it was just general Europe is where they were. <laughs> and we have another experience, like, we did fucking, what movie were we just watching, Joey, where, like, half the people had accents and half of them didn't? Oh, boy, it probably could be any number of movies we just watched. What was yeah, that? Yeah, that's true. I think it, it might have been the Statham one. Home, with, it might have been Homefront. Yeah, right? Homefront. Yes. Where, like, Statham has an English accent. Franco's trying to do a Cajun accent. And then, like, all the rest of the people just speak normal English. It was just, like, all over the place. And this kind of felt the same way, too, right? Because, like, nobody's doing, like, a French accent. Like, there's nothing t- – it's just, like, random dudes together. It's just set in southern France, but it's just, like, a, ge- it's a general action movie. Not generic, but, like, just a yeah. general action yeah. movie just set in France. Yeah. I w- exactly. I, w- I, w- I would almost have rathered if it was just an entirely French action movie that they remade as an American movie called The Transporter. And there was, like, a, a you know, original version out there that was in French with some French star I've never heard of, you know? And the inspector was the yeah. same actor and, like <laughs> – yeah that would like it almost has it almost has that feel too like i'm still thrown by like the whole like it almost feels like a foreign film that hedged its bets by casting not an american but an english-speaking actor to get sold to an american distributor right and then if not okay it'll play in europe and it might disappear as a movie no one's heard of until like jason statham gets really big and then we could remarket it somehow right but it does feel like Statham from the one and also Luke Besson having his success in America with like Leon. It's just like, yeah, we're gonna take a chance. Like this is like a mid budget movie. We're gonna see if it works. And like, apparently it works well enough, but still like, it's, it's mind boggling to me. And I'm very curious to see like the box office, like the second one. Cause this again, like there's not a huge hit, but again, enough to get a sequel. Right. And then we yeah. just go from there. So, and it's reliable Besson. Like this is his sort of like this is Leon and La Femme Nikita and like, you know, he's into those sort of like assassins, right? He's really into that right. in their home lives. And, you know, I almost felt like a little Bangkok dangerous watching this movie, Joey, right? Ooh. Like that kind of the idea of the killer, not really a bad guy, maybe. And like, I would like what Joey said, like what Joe too was saying, how maybe his favorite parts at one point i think you mentioned like you like the stuff between like some of the action like i kind of wish that stuff was more of the movie because i want to know more about the character because i don't really get a lot aside from oh he knows how to kick ass from the action sequences so maybe it just needs more character exploration and i'll be okay i also do want i want to shout out bangkok dangerous again for a movie where cage plays a, a guy named joe so nice thank you so after the detective shows up Vince shows up with his guys. They blow up Statham's house. Completely destroy it. I mean, like, everything. I've never seen this much demolition 
and like I'm just coming to shoot up your house. Like, which is kind of fu- it's kind of funny. It comes back later when like the detective's like, "So what happened?" She's like, "I don't know, man. Like, think they were at the wrong house." Like, nobody who does that level of damage yes. goes to the wrong house. He's exactly. Like, I don't know what to say. Don't know. And also, they drop down and then just go straight into scuba too, which was like an interesting. I was like, it becomes have- like a James Bond movie for like ninety seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. it's like an underground that's- lair and like a scuba getaway. It's like that- okay, that's what I thought too. And I was thinking like, why do we never have scuba in the Fast and the Furious? And then I was then I was thinking, we I guess we get Dom falling down into like the water thing in nine, right? So like yes, it's kind correct. of close, but like we need a good scuba moment in Fast and the Furious. There's also in a behind the scenes thing is that in this scene where like the house is on fire, an ember from the explosion set apparently what remains of Statham's hair on fire. So, oh. you know, so doesn't actually- have a lot of hair, but it caught on fire. So, you know, that's that's what ultimately led to the downfall of Michael Jackson, right? Like his on the Pepsi commercial. Or whatever. So, like, it, <laughs> yeah. it can be serious. He only had a, another good 35 years or so after that. I know. Oh, I know. But still, it led to the drug. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I remember that as a child. Very shocking. I love in this sequence how we sort of get like missile cam or something like we follow the the rocket going from the dude's launcher yeah. like into the house. That's fun. We get that awesome shockwave towards the end, which just signifies like, yeah, it's completely done and leveled that this is one of the better sequences. I mean, there's not a lot. There's not as much fighting, I guess, but the destruction is cool. Then this is where she seduces him after they escape. And then, Mike, I thought of you. Why hacks the planet? She does some very 2001 computer hacking to find Vince. And then I think, I don't know if they leave it intentionally for the detective or not. It seems like they might have. But like what I liked about the the detective is that he presses, you know, a common keyboard key, wake up. I've never seen a wake up key on a keyboard, but it just says wake (laughs) up. So he presses it, computer boots up. But, you know, just like in Hackers, she hacks the planet. She does like some very like late 90s, early 2000s, like... I'm doing computer things. It's just like, yeah, okay, cool. We got we we got what we needed. It's funny to watch those now and be like, there's no way that he didn't have a login at the beginning of this thing because like I have like two factor for every fucking thing yes. I have to do at work now. Correct. And you're like, yeah, like. Well, that's the thing. Like in Pam and Tommy, they're like, have you heard of this thing called the internet? And like they talk about that. They're like, what is that? And then Pam's like, okay, so it's only in this one place. And the woman's like, no, but you need to know about links. And she's like, what are links? So it's like it's the same kind. Like it's. Oh, you know, several years after, but it's still in a time where people are just like, I don't know, computers? Like, do we need them? Who yeah, knows? exactly. I like that uh, she's a snoop. Like, that's a good character trait. Like, that gets me more invested in her as a person is that, like, first we saw her kind of peeping around his his place, and now she is no problem. Like, she's got, like, that nerve, you know, where she just look through your dresser drawer while you're in the bathroom or something. And I, I like that. It comes to I hate all oh, it creeps me out, man. No, I'm saying it's good that she's got something. You know what I mean? Like, oh no, I get yeah. it. But I mean, at the same time, like, I can't, I can't join you in the like, in the admiration of it because, like, for me, I'm like, please don't just dig through all my shit. It is nerve wracking, and it like, is. she, she seems to have good intentions, but also, I don't know, like her dad, like, not to, not to say that, like, you know, sins of the father, but her dad is like co-leading with Vince, like this smuggling, this trafficking operation and she's like just around crime and she's just like nose around your stuff so like even if she has pure intentions like she's still like around she's from a family of criminals yeah 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 Yeah. so you mentioned like we find out her dad's involved in the human trafficking thing like i can't still not clear like why she was in the bag like clearly she found out about it but who found out that she knew and did if it was vince which i'm assuming it was vince did 
he tell her dad? And which, by the way, I don't know if you saw Vince's character name in this movie is Wall Street. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Awesome. Amazing. <laughs> okay. That's his like bad guy name. That's his only name. That's the only name that he's credited as. So he's okay. just Wall Street. Yeah, but very fuzzy math kind of going on here plot wise at times, which I can't quite track. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I have no idea why who sent her to Vince to be tortured or killed, I guess. Right. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. And I feel like the scene, the scene where we almost get like we would get answers when they go and it's like they're in Vince's like they go to take out Vince. Right. And then the dad shows up and then the detective shows up. And the, te- and the detective takes Statham away. Like, they kind of have to, like, hide their true intentions. Like, if the detective did not show up, I think we would have gotten a better understanding of the math of why, of how this all came out. Mm. But, like, because they have to lie about what's going on, they're like, oh, yeah, my daughter's here. Like, I love my daughter or whatever. It's like, well. So, like, it's weird because it feels like they're so smart they found a way not to explain it by having that scene the way it is, you know? It's like, oh, the scene got interrupted. Sorry, we, we – you know, we, you know, we can't get around to it or whatever. Like, we were going to tell but you. But there is something nice about, like, the fact that it's 90 minutes and they don't explain that. Like, I, I'd almost rather have this in, like, an extra 15 minutes where, like, I know a little bit more about what's going on. Yeah. Yep. Like, there's yeah. something about the simplicity, even if it doesn't make sense. We're just like, okay, like, he's a bad guy. She's maybe a bad guy. Vince is definitely a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Satan's a good guy. I don't know. Like, it's just like, it's it's like, oh, okay, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're getting to a good part that... The point where the detective is like, you know, a guy like you could solve this crime in like 24 hours. And he's like, okay. And then like he just, he like joins the family, comes over to the dark side, is like working for the rock immediately. And you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense in this grand scheme of things. Like, yeah. Although like, I do, I, I don't want to correct you, but I do want to correct you. He's like 24 hours and Satan's like, no nah, man, less. He's like, all right, prove it. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, okay, just, you know kidnap me out of here and he does it and that's how we get onto like the second act of the movie or whatever yeah, i thought when he was letting him out of prison he was gonna be like okay yeah get, get escape but not like take me as a human prison like a, like a human yeah. shield it's just like what okay yeah i mean i guess that's the way he has to get out though right but it's weird that we get another person in a trunk right like he stuffs him in the trunk because later there's the scene where they're further f- far enough away and he's like hey sorry about that or whatever and and he pulls the inspector out of the trunk i'm like they do the trunk gag again i don't know oh another thing that so like that's the sec- they also did a human shield earlier when vince like when they sh- when they're blowing up his house they're also shooting at him mm. and like he dives in the water or whatever and he uses like one of them as the body shield but then something i've never seen before the dead body who's there, he does mouth to mouth, like, take the yes, air I've out of his Yes, I've never seen lungs. this either. Is, yeah. like, that's cool. Is that, that's very is cool. That, is that, can we myth bust that? Is that possible? Because that's amazing. That's super cool. You can, I... but they would be less oxygenated. Okay, so it's like a one-time, you can't keep, it's not like a balloon. You can't, like, breathe in and out of it. Or... Well, I mean, there's there's air there, and I'm sure that his lungs still absorb the oxygen from it, so you get, like, shittier air. All right, but enough out. for him. Yeah, like, <laughs> you can't use him as an ongoing source of air, but, like, you can take the air that's in there out of there for, like, a one-time hit. That's, yeah, that's yeah. so cool. And I bet so many other movies are jealous that this isn't in their movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great move. And, like, yeah, he has to, like, do, yeah, you get just one extra breath. Like, it's stuff like that where I'm like, that's so cool. Like, I wish that was in, like, a better movie. Or not even, like, like it's fine being in the Transporter, but I just wish the Transporter was a better movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, you know, I keep coming back to the thing about, like, impact. And, like, it's just, it just sort of flops here and there a lot where, I mean, 
for me, a major issue with that is the music. Like, this is some weird, like, French trip hop happening, and you need, like, rock or techno or something that drives harder than whatever this is because it just doesn't make it feel like dramatic enough like i don't know how else to put it like i said earlier sometimes yeah. it's, it just seems silly almost the only song the only music i remember from this movie and i think because it's that in a different way is that like i knew i saw vince's name in the opening credits so i'm like i know he's gonna be here somewhere and then like there's a scene that starts with like shitty rap rock from like 2002 and I'm like okay this is this is where Vince shows up like I, I understand like what the movie's doing and like yeah like he's just like blasting shitty rap rock at his mansion it's like yeah that's that's Vince's intro music and like that's the only thing I remember because I'm like this is like generic and shitty in a way that like I know why they put it in here but like yeah I I uh, I agree I think even though I don't remember I agree then we get to the fight at the docks at the end right or like toward the end he jumps from the side of a truck onto a bus driving below, which I felt was like very fast nine where Dom is chasing Jacob through Scotland. Where are they? Oh, n- n- Edinburgh, no. maybe. Edinburgh. I don't remember. Edinburgh. I think so. Like uh, the Wolverine thing, right? Where he strips out of his shirt. Like the guy like tries to <laughs> grab him and he does like kind of like the hockey Jersey thing where he just like strips off. He's just like, no, like you can have it. But then uses that to like bound two guys together. Like it's like, it just, it's super cool. Yeah, the whole the whole doc thing cool is always like a fun set piece. I love the idea of it being very maze like and also being able to kind of like scale between them and also having like lack of room. It's always and I, the uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier sequence sort of popped in my head when I was watching this too. I was like, you kind of never get a bad doc fight. I like it, and you get some water too. So like you know, you obviously have to dive in the water at some point and then come out of the water at some point and. <laughs> there's boats possibly like i like all of it i agree so so here's another mythbusters thing he's going around to all the containers with a stethoscope and he's like trying to hear for humans inside like wouldn't you just run up and like knock on everything and if there was a person they would just knock back like they'd be waiting to hear but then but then he would make noise and the guys that were there like watching yeah. over it would catch him i suppose i suppose it's also cool how he's just like randomly looking at uh like his no i don't think they have the numbers or i can't remember if he got the number of the shipping container yet but i like the stethoscope the stethoscope thing too i, I think it's pretty cool it was just like a fun thing because it gave you the out where he like runs into that pharmacy and just like steals it, right? So there's another thing here where it's just sort of like the unfortunate benefit of like when we're when we're watching this, but there's a scene where he takes on ten dudes in a bus, right? Yeah. And I'm like, we just saw like a great version of that in Shang Chi. And then we also saw like, yeah. a good version of that in Nobody, like the Bob Odenkirk movie. I'm just like, there's been better versions of this. Like it's cool and like he's great, but it's just like I don't I don't really I don't really get it. But then we go right into that oil slick fight where he like spills the oil and he puts the bike pedals on his feet and like everybody's slipping and sliding, but he's not. I'm like, this is the coolest thing in the movie. I think. Yeah. 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 Also thinking about 40 weight, 50 weight with Johnny. Of Tran, course. But just like, of course, this is so cool. We're like, people are try- trying to fight and they're like all slipping and sliding. everywhere. I'm like, this is like, there's other cool things that we've mentioned, but like this is one of the best parts of this movie, I think. And why was there bicycles there? It just like just it, it just makes so much I, sense. I, I think because it's France and just like there's bikes all over Europe. Yeah, Fair. I mean, yeah, it's a transit it depot, so I guess mailmen on bikes, possibly. Uh, yeah, this was like full on Jackie Chan to me. You know, like it felt like an homage or something to something he never got to do, or maybe he did do 
oil work. I, I'm not sure. I've not seen all this stuff, but like, I really loved it too. And it's certainly the most creative thing in the movie. I feel like the whole movie leads up to it. And I feel like, yeah, we could have done without that inside the bus fight and just skip to this because this, this action sequence goes on and it goes on a long time. So just having the oil stuff would be plenty. And I think it uses it's another human shield in this. Oh, this is the time you were talking about where he uses the human shield. And it conveniently lands. Oh, yes, 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 yes. He conveniently lands in the water, cleaning him of all the oil for the next sequence. So that was perfect. Yeah. Then he borrows the plane from the farmer, like we talked about, skydives from it. And then, Mike, you said, like, he hijacks a big rig truck, like in Fast and Furious, but it goes more smoothly here. But then Vince comes in. What I thought was cool is that, like, he, the, the rear view mirror or, like, the side mirror shatters, but, like, it's still there. So he's, like, using part of that to, like, as a mirror, but then also uses that as a weapon when Vince comes in, he stabs Vince in the hand. I'm like, that's a cool, like, double use for the thing. I thought it was a nice touch. What was that car, the piece of shit he was driving when he spots the crop duster? <laughs> you know, like, he he kind of... Escapes. When he steals, because he steals the um the detective's car, right? Is it a, it's like a white Honda or something? Is that what it is? I, don't, I think, I don't know. I'm guessing it's a French car. It okay. looked very French to me, but I wasn't paying attention to what it actually was. I wasn't sure if it that was a, kind of an in-joke to say, like, maybe this is the crappiest car in France or something, something like that. But also the idea that in the beginning he drives amazing car and here he drives pathetic car. But I also, I also think that this truck fight is awesome. It's just, I'm kind of exhausted. We just had oil fight, and now now we got moving truck fight, which also they did in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, I think it's actually better here. But I like the Indiana Jones under the truck. I always love that. Uh, I like the parachute gag. Uh, <laughs> it is kind of amazing how they're crop dusting, and then he's, and then like all of a sudden they're like 20,000 feet, it seems, <laughs> so like high enough so that he could skydive or whatever. I don't know how high you got to be, 10,000 10, whatever but like well he like jumps out and then like immediately pulls the thing right so it's like he doesn't really like enjoy the ride or like have to descend that much he like jumps out and like almost immediately just like pulls the cord so but did he even need a parachute like he should have just had the guy flown over the truck and just jumped onto the truck i mean yeah you know it would be cool it's I don't know. it's still cool um you know i'm not trying to complain <laughs> He uses a tire iron, like one of the like the cross tire irons is like a throwing star to knock out Mr. Kwai's driver. Mr. Kwai like, yes. lies dad, which is pretty cool. He also does like a running. He like runs along the roof of the big rig that Vince is driving and does like a jump twist flying kick to like double kick him in the chest. It's just like, oh, shit, like that was cool. That was really, really cool. I like that move a lot. He uses it kind of like a like a monkey bars type situation <laughs> and just like swings yeah. back in because he had already blown out all the fucking windows of yeah. everything. So that was, it was a perfect entrance. Almost reminded me of like Machete with the guts where he goes from one floor to the next. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. But then so the, at the end here, he's like at a cliffside held at gunpoint by Mr. Kwai, right? Like by with Lai's dad. And yeah. he's like, you know, basically like your daughter is so great. Like she deserves better. She could blah, blah, blah. And like, they're having this like, and it feels like, like one thing I hate in movies is when the villain doesn't just kill the hero. It's just like, you just kill him. Right. But like, yeah, it felt like here there was a reason for it. Cause they were talking about the daughter and like, there was actual like, Hey, your daughter, like I got to know your daughter and like, here's some cool stuff about her or whatever. Like it felt like there was a reason that he wasn't just shooting Steve. Yeah. But Stephen, like, grabs a rock 
and does like almost like the die hard thing where like McLean has like the machine gun taped to his back, right? We're just like, I'm going to do this whole thing. But he's got this rock behind his head. It seems like there are two or three opportunities for him to like get the drop on Mr. Kwai and like hit him with the rock. And he just doesn't do it. So like, I don't know what his plan is with the rock to like knock this guy out, but he just waits for Lai to get over there and shoot him and kill her dad. They free all the smuggle bodies and, and like they leave. And like, that's the end of the movie. But like, hmm. what's the plan with the rock? Cause it feels like there are moments where he could like <laughs> surprise him and he just never does. I just saw a great rock scene where like a guy used a rock to throw something out of something. And I don't remember what it was. What were was it Friday Night Lights, maybe? I don't know. Somebody plays baseball in a movie, and the and the kid tosses his dad a rock. What was that? In Belfast? It, it was in Belfast. That's what it was in. Okay. He Like, the kid tosses the dad a rock, and then he uses the rock to hit the gun out of the dude's hand. That's gotcha. what it was. Mm. Yep, sorry. Yeah, I just want to shout out very quickly to Out of Sight before, but Mike, do you remember, like, the funniest item toss in that movie? Oh, the gun? The gun through the window? <laughs> Ving Rhames is talking to George Clooney, Joe, and, like, George Clooney just, like, has, like, a newspaper in his hand, and, like, Ving Rhames is basically like, hey, let's go, and he tosses Clooney a gun, and Clo- Clooney just doesn't move, and the gun just flies out the window? <laughs> I love like, when that happens. It's like, what? What? Why? Like, what? Yeah. I wasn't ready. And they just, like, look out the window or whatever, so, yeah, it's very funny. I wonder if this was, uh, this is just foreshadowing Jason Statham working with The Rock one day. That's all that rock signals signifies Maybe. no but I, I honestly think joey they were there's multiple endings here somewhere that maybe he did kill her be, kill him because the stuff going on off screen with lie is very confusing we hear her scream we hear a gunshot and then all of a sudden she shoots her dad so i'm not quite sure what was happening but it felt a little choppy it felt like undecisive and like well, let's just go with this one maybe i don't know I don't know. I don't know. Any other thoughts about the end of this movie or anything else about the transporter? Um, there's a point where Vince is with Wall Street says, send in Leon. And I was like, well, here we fucking go. Like, I think the one character, like the other side character's name was Leon. And he refers to him as Leon. That just made me really, really excited. Mike, any other thoughts? No, not really. Not so much. Uh, actually, I'm just glad. The inspector survived. I believe he comes back. So yeah. looking forward to cool. a little more of him. Yeah, it was just fun revisiting this one. It was good to see Jason Statham kind of doing his solo thing, which was cool. Yeah. All on his own, could hold the movie, held it down, did it well, star on the rise. Pretty cool. Let us watch the trailer. So on YouTube, this is posted by our friends, Movie Clips Classic Trailers, The Transporter 2002. Trailer number one, Movie Clips Classic Trailers, posted on March 10th of last year, weirdly. 93,000 views. Let me know when you guys are ready. I'm ready whenever you are, bud. Um, Okay, I'm good to go. Cool. All right. Three, two, one, play. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind... Oh, there's also apparently something in this where he, like, deflects a rocket with, like, a lunch tray or something that was in the trailer that people are all excited about, and then it wasn't in the movie, and people got a little bit mad. I don't think it was, like, an Ana de Armas not in Yesterday where they're suing, but, like, just something to keep in mind. Keep an eye out for this thing. It was weird how it just started with him in his car in the garage. Yeah. Like he's some kind of robot. And he probably should have just ripped the tape off. They never would have saw the little dash. Yeah. Oh, give it a lot away. You broke the rules. 
you open the package. Oh yeah, they're giving okay. Whoa. All the explosions. All the explosions. Oh, door all guy. And the skydiving. He th throwing the girl even. And the sex scene. I mean, you don't really and know. Vince and the axe scene. Yeah, like this and the bus scene. You don't know when. Oh, oh there, there it is. There that it is. is. <laughs> that was yeah. amazing. Yeah, how'd they cut that from the movie? Don't know. The transporter. They showed you literally every cool action thing that we talked about, right? Hey, man, I guess, and, and even that thing, like, they have your money, right? It's just like, yeah. okay. Even the guy who looked like Johnny Rotten. That's funny. So the letterbox game. So for reference sake, big news, Mike, since you were last on, Mad Max Fury Road, one of the most popular films on Letterbox, has now been seen by more than 1 million people. Whoa. 1 million 16,000 people. The Transporter, 2002, directed by Louis Leterrier and Corey Yoon, starring Jason Statham, Xu Chi, Francois Berlin, and Matt Schultz, has been seen by how many people? It's going to be a ton. I got to go first, right? You can go whatever you want. No. Yeah, you can tell me to go first. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I need. I I always need like some kind of reference. Yeah, let's go first. Let's go first, and then you can, you can bounce go, off that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Um, one thirty-five. Hundred thirty-five thousand, Mike. What about mm. you? Okay, I'm gonna. That's go... logged it on Letterbox too. It's not like you know. Yeah, I'm gonna go much lower. I think I'm gonna go closer to like ninety. Okay, it's somewhere in between those two numbers. So you Good have like two a, guesses, a sort then. of a tight range. Yeah, 90 and 135 between those two. Joe, what's your second guess? Uh, 112. Ooh. Mike, between 90 and 135, Joe takes 112. That's crazy. I was too off from saying that. Um, I think I could go uh, 120. You're now both too high. So between 90 wow. and 112, one more guess. All right. Well, Between was it 90 one, and 112? 90 and 112. Um, 105.95. Once again, in the middle, 102, 102,000 no. people, which for a movie from 2002, which is not is necessarily a like a, yeah. a super popular movie, a lot of people. Average rating of three, most common a three, then a three and a half. I gave it a three. Mike gave it a three. Garrett gave it a three. Our friend Liam gave it a three. Everybody gives it a three. Also, Will Something gave it a four and a half because, of course, he did. How many people have this in their top four favorite movies of all time? A lot of people saw it. I think it's going to be a pretty high number. I think I, I'm going to uh, – this is going to sound low, but I think it's high. 35. What's, what the that fuck? That sounds very high. I was gonna... that's, that's spot on. What the Whoa, fuck? What? Really? 35. 35 my first hole in, is that my first hole in one? I think it's your first hole in one. Whoa. I mean, like, uh, that's not like one. Like it, that, Those don't count. Like those gimmies. But 35, it's 35. Damn. Yeah. What cool. the fuck? What the fuck? No, nah, man. I I just I was on. There you go. That's crazy. Mike, yeah. sorry to cut you off, but no. like, we, we gotta you know. Yeah. Like <laughs> Please. The lights go on at the at the carnival, just like. Of course. Movie. Okay. Yeah. At at a sound ding, ding. at a sound effect. That was pretty surprising, man. I don't. Amazing. I mean, like I've gotten close. I've gotten within like two before, but like hitting it dead on. Yeah. Okay. And we, we've been saying that, like, 1% is a lot, which would be, like, a 1,000, right? So, like, yeah. it's nowhere near that. Like, people have seen this, but people don't love this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say five. Like, I was so lowballing it. Well, I don't think that would be cra I mean, I think I there's think... a ton of Statham fans. My, my thing was there's a ton of Statham fans. This kind of feels shocky enough to, like, where people would like it. Yeah. And because there's four of them, 
Mm. That, and then, the, like, th- those are just, like, the factors that I was thinking. Also, it's a global thing, right? Like, Letterboxd is a global community. This has got a lot of that yeah, yeah. other uh, out-of-the-country flair. Yeah. So we're going to – there nobody – so none of the profiles – there's not a lot to choose from, of course. But none of the people who gave it five stars and liked it and wrote a review or whatever has a, a top four that we could do. So there's two different options. Do you want to go with the person who gave it four stars and no review or three stars and liked it and wrote no review? So pick one or the other. Do you want to do one or do you want to do the second one? You pick, Mike. Um – Again, these are this is somebody in their top four favorite movies of all time. One gave it four stars out of five, and one gave it three stars out of five. But still, yeah, in their yeah, top yeah. four. Let's see the four star guy. Okay. Or 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 girl. I don't know. I don't know. There's no picture. Frac twenty two f r a c twenty two at frac twenty two. The Transporter is their fourth favorite movie of all time. This year they watched Don't Look Up. They gave it two and a half stars, calling it mediocre at best. So okay. The Transporter is Frack's number four favorite movie of all time. The top three are all movies that I think you would both have seen. Mike, there's one that you've covered on your show. Ooh. Joe, there's one that we've covered on our show. Hmm. Drive. No, we have not done Drive on this show. But Baby I, Driver. But it is one of our Baby shows. Baby Driver. No. And these are all, here's another thing I will say. They're all from before 2000. Two from the 90s, one from the 70s. Hmm. Okay. Let's see. The one that we've done, Joe. Yes. There is at least one sequel to. Okay. The one that you have done, Mike, is part, obviously, because there's it's the third time, right? So it's a third in the series. But there's at least five of them. And the other one has a spiritual sequel that is not really a sequel and totally different in almost every way. God, I feel like you just gave me that clue three times in a row. Is it the same movie from the past three times? No, 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 no. Spiritual. Okay, but I've given the... similar reviews like that. Yes. Is yeah. it? Is it? Is one of them Cloverfield? No. Ooh, good uh, guess. That's fun. That's spiritual sequel. Is it like a Blade Runner soldier type thing where that's supposed to no, take place in the same no, universe? No, no, no. <laughs> like, no, it's like a totally the sequel, and sequel is like a very. It's not a sequel, but it's kind of a sequel. Totally different genre. The lead actor, like the character, plays a totally different, played by a totally different actor. It's a movie that the original, the one that we're trying to guess, is a classic that I know is probably one of Joe's favorite movies of all time. Oh, oh, Donnie Darko. Gone in 60, gone in no. 60 seconds. Didn't, never heard of the Donnie Darko spiritual sequel that stars his sister character, character that plays his younger, I don't know. No, what is that? Uh, something Darko. I, I don't know. There's a- oh, S. Darko. S. S Darko. S- no, no, no. Yeah. This is this is like if you didn't know the ties to this movie, you'd be like, there's no way that this is like the same franchise or whatever. Huh. I'm so intrigued. This is a crime film. The sequel's a comedy. Hmm. One is a crime film and one is a comedy. Oh. Goodfellas. Yeah. My Blue Heaven. Got it. Oh, okay, I don't know that Goodfellas one. had like a spiritual sequel it to it. It doesn't really, but it kind of does, right, Mike? Okay. Like, that's, yeah, not, yeah. that's not inaccurate to say. No, that's okay. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. But I do love Goodfellas. That's good. Yeah. And who is my, is it Steve Martin in My Blue Heaven? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Steve Martin. It's just like, it's basically what happened if he like wasn't witness protection. Yeah. Hen- oh, okay. The guy who was writing um, Goodfellas was interviewing Henry Hill. His wife was also a writer, Was ended up writing. My Blue Heaven, and they came out the same year. So it's just... Um, okay, so that's the one that none of us have covered, because I don't know where Good... Actually, Goodfellas would probably fit in a crime theme. We don't have a crime lab coming up yet, but, you know, one day we can do it on the show. 
But let's see. I have the one we did on this show, Joe, is from the seventies, and there's at least one sequel. And the one from the nineties, Mike, yeah, is the third in a franchise. Yeah, that there are at least five of. Is it Alien? No, but that does fit. You have all the clues that that did fit the profile. Yeah, I was thinking Alien Three. This is a Mike. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna air some dirty laundry here. This is a movie that you were gonna have me on for, and then you just the other oh. Die Hard 3. I'm sorry. Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> yeah, okay. that was, uh, okay. yeah. Mm, I owe you one. Still owe you one. Number one is a movie from the 70s, Joe, that we have covered on this show. This show. Long Kiss Goodnight. That's from the 90s. Okay. There's also no sequel to that. Okay. We did it in the classic car movies lap, because I don't know what other lap we would have done a movie from the 70s. Okay. But there is at least one. Let's see. If I, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. The Italian Job. There are two. There are two sequels to this movie. It's not The Italian Job. Okay. The second one is just called title number two, but then the third one is the title part three, and is the it... star of the first two is not in the third one, hmm. but the his antagonist is in all three of them. Smokey and the Bandit? Smokey and the Bandit. Nice. Thank you. Finally. So Smokey and the Bandit, Goodfellas, Die Hard with a Vengeance, The Transporter. Kind of an all over the place top four, but pretty solid. It kind of relates somehow. <laughs> It's car, it's... crime, crime, car, and crime. Yeah. Actually, they're all crime. They're all crime. Smoking the Bandit is also crime. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Frack. Oh, Smoking the Bandit's kind of got a transporter vibe. They're transporting that, that beer, right? Like, isn't that the thing? They are. Yeah, yeah. All right. We are going to continue this series on the Patreon feed for this show. The trans, or not the Transporter 2, just Transporter 2. Whoa, they dropped the the? They dropped the the. They pulled a Facebook. Hmm. Transporter 2, Transporter 3. But Mike will be back for a Patreon bonus exclusive episode, Transporter 2, coming out next week. And we're going to follow that up, of course, with The Fate of the Furious, because that's what happens. And then we will continue this on Mike's show on March 3rd on Third Time to Charm to talk about Transporter 3. But if you want more Transporter, you know where to find us, the Patreon and the Mike show. But Mike, thank you for joining us. What would you like to plug? Well, thank you guys so much for having me. Always. Uh, first off, there's going to be some new Cage movies this year, Joey. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be interesting to see. So I uh, always check out the original Cage Club with Joey and myself and all the other shows that we do. Uh, Cinemakers, Tom Tom Club. There's lots of them. And then I also do Third Times of Charm, which you mentioned. Uh, but I do a show with Dan Cologne called The Monsters That Made Us. It's the final Friday of every month. Dan and I are going over the history of the Universal Monster movies. Um, one a month, last Friday of every month, Monsters That Made Us, CageClub.me. Cool. Do you have any final thoughts on Transport or anything like that? I'm excited for the second one now. Especially if Mike says it's a better one and they made a second one, it feels like maybe this is one of these situations where like they had some ideas that they couldn't put in the first one but like get out in the second one. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to see where this goes. Yeah. I will do one more push for our Patreon pledge. Brian was on recently and hey, he hey, said... Hey. I thought we were going to play the Twitter game and I have one for that. Oh, no, we're not doing the Twitter game today. We don't do the Twitter game on, on Pit Stops. I think that we maybe should just amend it and just do this one, Joey. Do your one. I'm not going to do a whole thing, but do your one. So where's... Send it to me. <laughs> I'm sending... It's sent. Look at Joe doing homework that he wasn't supposed to do. It's from read a book at Knowing Santo. <laughs> And he says, someone please buy me Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift on DVD, please. From June 14th, three years ago. Hey, 
if you're still looking for someone to buy it, <laughs> if you subscribe to our Patreon, we will send you an autographed copy of Tokyo Drift on DVD. Also, he's still active. It's like this tweet is from three years ago, but like he still exists. So I'm saying, hey, if you're still looking for someone to buy this for you, join our Patreon, five dollars a month or above, and we'll send you a signed exclamation point copy of Tokyo Drift on DVD. <laughs> yes, I, I'm glad that you say it like that because they're going to be like signed. But of course, I want that, and then not realize we've been saying on the podcast all along it'll be autographed by you. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. So you have a pledge, Mike, if you have not listened to the newest episode with Brian, is that if anybody joins and this, this also applies to you because okay. you're not a patron of Too Fast. If you join the Patreon at the $5 a month tier or above, Brian will send me and I will send you <laughs> a used DVD copy of any Fast and Furious movie of your choosing. I will sign it as myself and mail it to you. So all you have to do is join at the $5 a month level or above. You'll also get stickers and a handwritten note in the mail. So I'm not just saying this to you, Mike, but I'm also saying it to you. But to anybody who wants it, TooFast2Forever.com. <laughs> till the end $5 of the month. a month. To the end of the month. Till the end of February. So as this comes out, you have like six more days to sign up. You give us your mailing address for the stickers. I'll send you the stickers and a signed copy of any Fast and Furious movie you want. Used. Signed by me. Used. DVD. Where is he getting all these copies? We're going to buy it online. eBay. Okay. Something. Yeah. <laughs> He, he was, like, originally using my money, kind of. I'm like, hold on. Like, I'll do this, but, like, you need to – he's like, all right, I'll put the bill. So Brian's been a, vi- a big supporter of ours yeah, in terms of the Patreon for a while Patreon now. So <laughs> itself, yeah. Yeah, so read a book on Twitter if you want this. I mean, you're not going to listen to this episode, but if you or anybody want this – I'm going to have to write in here, Transporter, Joe 2. So, Joe, you'll get points for that, too. But, like, if, if – it... I also think if they join the Patreon, that's also 10 – that's 10 points. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty high, I think, so, at least. So it'd be very funny if he if he's still three years later. They're still three years later, waiting for Tokyo Drift on DVD. <laughs> and the hey man should have gone to Rasputin. Sorry, crazier things have happened. But for all things too fast, too forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash too fast too forever, or at too fast too forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page with that ever so special Patreon pledge. At too fast too forever.com and our store, too fast too forever.shop. We'll have two new designs coming sooner or later. Mike, would you buy a shirt that said Tej's Garage on the back and had a Brian name tag on the front? Um <laughs> The answer is yes. Like, that's a great that's a that's a great sign. I think, Perfect. I think so. I think I would. Oh, Joe, I forgot to tell you, we had another email that we got our, our monthly earnings report from T Public. Nice. 75 cents earned in January. Woo-hoo. So we are Perfect. really burning up the charts. That was from the one sticker that we sold, I think. So Perfect. Beautiful. Very exciting. So if people out there think we're getting rich off this stuff, they're right. <laughs> TooFastTooRever.com, TooFastTooRever.shop for the store. Uh, come back next week for The Fate of the Furious in between on the Patreon for the tra- for no for Transporter 2. And then Mike's show, Third Time's a Charm, on March 3rd for Trans Order 3. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll tell you all about it 